any hobby with reckless abandon. This one. I hope you look at that. Why, hello, and welcome hello. to season 21, episode 13 Ooh, of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Stork. And I'm <laughs> Oh, I jumped right over you. <laughs> I'm a ghost. You did it by no, 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 no. That's not even by height. That was that yeah. was awful. That was awful. <laughs> no, Can we do that you. again? Can we do that again? Thank you for joining us for season twenty-one, episode thirteen of Happy Trails RP Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Gina. And this is my friend Stark. <laughs> it's funny because like hashtag adorbs. We do this so often for APs now. But like I'm well, like, hi, I'm Kimmy, and I'm playing. I'm just Kimmy today. I'm just Kimmy. I'm not playing. I'm myself. It's mm-hmm. me. It's just me. I am myself <laughs> as myself. Yes. Hello. Hi. As you may notice, we're on an hour early, and we'll be doing this through fair. Yes. So through through the end of May, maybe maybe forever. I don't yeah. know. Is it, we have to see if we like work. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know this is gonna the the like two or three European people who listen who like wake up at four a.m. to <laughs> watch the show yeah. live. They're probably not going to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch the show live. Probably not. But the East Coast people and the Central and Mountain people, well, not Mountain, but the East Coast yeah. and Central people, they sound an hour earlier yeah. now. So hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. And it, that's why we have a podcast. It may conflict with my work schedules, but uh, I'll know. Okay. Mm-hmm. But at the right. beginning of the day, it'd be like, doing a 12. Can't I can make rewatch it. Right. in the morning on the YouTubes. Yes. Or the Twitches. In this episode of Happy Jack Service, oh, but I should mention next weekend, if you're local to Southern California, the. the Fifty, probably fourth. I don't know. Fifty fourth. Sure. Know. Renaissance Pleasure Fair in Irwindale, California begins. Go to renfair f a i r dot com, and you can find information about that fair. Uh, we have a stage schedule, but it is not published yet, and it's not um, finalized. So I'm not going to say it. But obviously, we'll be at Rogues Reef stage. At least three times. Which, if you get a program, they have a map that says Rogues Reef, mm-hmm. and follow it. Follow that, or just. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, yeah. Right. Um, smell, smell the body. Right. Well, it, it's a. We, there's groupings of animals, right? You know, it's a pride of lions. It's a murder of crows. Mm-hmm. It's a stench of boggards. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> nice. Sorry. What? It could also be a repose of boggards. Mm. <laughs> a, re- a repulsive. Boggards? That sounds a too pretty. Uh, a reclining of boggards. No. Oh. I don't know. It depends. It depends what we're doing at the time. We're not doing. And how long it's been since we've bathed. Uh, Also, uh, GameX is coming up Memorial Day weekend, which is probably... Is is it like 24? May 25th, I believe. Yeah, Yeah. May 20... Yeah. That's a guess. I don't actually know. We're doing the thing. Yeah, there we go. 25, 26. Yep, look at that. I was right on the nose. Bam! I already emailed them and everything, too. I'm on it this year. (gasps) Excellent. That's excellent. (laughs) I'll give you the giant box of streaming. And we got people who are going to be there who've committed to doing the show. It's all there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh... In this episode of Happy Chicks RPG Podcast, <laughs> William from Minnesota asks about player-driven campaigns. Mm-hmm. A three, uh, there's a three-part email from Daniel in Australia, and <laughs> Steffi from Scotland sends us a horror story about first-time gaming. But first, first, if you'd like to email us, you can blurb. email us at happychicksrpg at gmail.com. <laughs> I miss Blurb. I do too. That should actually be on the. I totally be. forgot about that. Yeah. What, what do you need a soundboard for? She's right here. Yeah. Blurb. No, she but sneezes. that should be when she's not. Yeah, <laughs> that's cute. Uh, HappyTextRPG at gmail.com. And we're also on all of the social medias. Media? Meteors. Medias. Last year. One medium, many yeah. media. Yes. Okay. 
Mediums. But like a strike of light through the night. We're a meteor. Yeah. Social media. So make some comments on our social meteors. Hey, meteors. Have I made those before? I don't think Every so. Every time, no. probably. I don't think No, so. there were a lot of puns last week. We're old enough that we don't one. remember now. And that's a Happy Jack's RPG, all one word. Blair. On all of them. Yeah. If you'd like to watch the show live, you can want, go to happyjacks.org slash live. Uh, we're doing 7 p.m. Pacific time, Pacific daylight time. Uh, oh, yeah. For the foreseeable future. I keep mislabeling that. And uh, oh, just put Pacific. PDT. I know. I d- yeah. We need to stop twitching. It's annoying. Uh, and that's it. Cool. So. And what are we drinking tonight? I have. Lots of stuff. Yeah, we have lots of yummies tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Stone Hop Revolver IPA. Gina, Gina brought all the alcohol ever today. Thank you, yeah. Gina. Yay, Gina. She, she brought for me the mango cart because she knows it doesn't like. I, I yes. doesn't. It doesn't like I IPAs. Doesn't, I don't like them. It doesn't like them. Anymore. Yeah. And, and then the alcohol in this is four. Mango cart, uh, golden red is delicious. Yes. And then Gina and I are dark. sharing a red. Yeah. Gothic dark. Yeah. Something very vampire. It's gothic red. A very nice. It's a, it's a blend, isn't it? I, mean, I want yes, to drink. Red. There's, even, there's even the drip. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. And the point away idea. Yeah. So. Cool. Here we are. Dear Douchebag, oh, this is uh, from William in Minnesota, player-driven yeah. campaigns. Hold on, did anybody play anything this week? That comes later. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right here. We can I guess it. I should follow the... You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to. You're a trailblazer. Just You're like a footpad. You just like <laughs> do your own <laughs> thing. You go. You can't be reined in. Just say it. on. The no. character sheets are holding you back, yeah. man. Go ahead. All right, you sure? Yeah, we can put it in different order. No, Just take me a minute to change so the word doctor. <laughs> yeah. This passive aggressive stew, I'm not sure about anymore. <laughs> what passive aggressive? This is this is active nice aggressive. Stew. Yeah, no, the, yeah. It's the fact that he's active aggressive yeah. instead of passive uh, aggressive that's throwing you off. Yes. <laughs> As a GM, uh, uh, William from Minnesota, dear douchebags and douchebagettes. As a GM of many years, I have many camp. I have run many campaigns on many systems. My problem is that regardless of what I run, everything I write usually turns into a series of one-shots or Monster of the Week campaigns. Mm. This is exactly the opposite of my problem. Uh, I (laughs) I keep wanting to throw in long-term things in games that I even even know are one-shots. I've typically run dungeon crawls. I've run games that play out like episodes of a TV show with smooth narrative arcs. I've even run games where each session was a murder mystery themed ooh, excuse me, uh, around a different nursery rhyme. That's awesome. Genius. Yeah. Despite this, I love listening to Moda Sin. And I wish I could run... I despite this. Despite what, what this. the segue despite, was that? Right. Despite or, the fact that I like to run good games. <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> drink more. I love listening to Motive Sin. And wish I could run something like that, where players drive the pace of the story instead of a pre-planned beginning, middle, and end each week. Is that what we did in that? This drive the pace of the story? Yes. Sometimes you drove the story, sometimes you didn't. (laughs) And the story just kind of sat there. Drive might be the wrong story. Like if it took a session to... It's true. Luckily it was a vampire game, so you don't have to worry about the story sitting there rotting. It just just sits there, perfectly preserved, waiting for someone to figure it out. All undead. Sometimes we drive it, sometimes we park it. Yeah. I was going to say, actually, you're going to carry on the driving metaphor. You're driving, but occasionally you hit a stop. 
stoplight. Yeah. Right. And you're there, and sometimes it's a really long light. Stop and then you gas. occasionally have to stop yep. for gas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Spin a poker stop. Do a U-turn because you're not sure where you're going. Right. As <laughs> there was a lot Go of back. those. We were in roundabouts yeah. for a while. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I wish I could run something like that where the players drive the pace of the story instead of a pre-planned beginning, middle, and end each week. Maybe it's because I cut my teeth on D&D and mm-hmm. pre-written modules. Mm-hmm. Maybe, well, there are pre-written modules that are tough to do in a single session. Yes. Oh, for sure. Um, maybe it's because I've trained my players poorly after doing this for so long. But when I try to let... Is this not me? No, it's oh, all of us no, but it's, you. It's me. Yeah. You're fine. All right. Um, uh, Train the players. For so long. Uh, but when I try to let my players take control or don't give them a clear mission to resolve that specific session... They tend to get bored, and I don't know what to do. How how can I help my players drive the game themselves? P.S. Take a drink, but only today. But only if today ends with a Y. All right, that's tricky. I like that rule because they mm-hmm. all do. Well, it's the thirtieth yeah. that ends with an H. That's no. the date. It's the day. Yeah. Day. It's Friday. I mean, day of the week. Friday. Oh. Okay. Friday, does this Friday, month have an R Friday. in it? Yeah. It does. Yeah, we're it March. Does. Is that a shellfish thing? Oh. Yes. <laughs> what? what? Shellfish. It is. You know, you never heard that. Mm-hmm. It's a shellfish thing. I don't. It, it, I. It, I don't know what what it means. But yeah, I can't sp- remember. Don't eat. In I think the you're. Months I think you're <laughs> supposed to eat it with an R or not. I don't remember. It had something either. to do with certain types of sh- uh-huh. uh, mollusks, and it had to do something with their breeding season. I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't really remember. I took marine biology and our, our <laughs> teacher in marine biology in high school explained it to us. Yeah, this sounds like fringe science. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you going to acupuncture your bivalves and see if they're actually good to eat before you eat them? I, I, I'm, I'm confused. It's like if it ends in an R, so no, if it has an R in it. Because, but if you look at the calendar, there's R's in some months, but like in May. May, June, July. April, April has one. May, yeah, June, right. July, August March. don't yeah. have them. Right. Yeah. There's something about like the hot months. Right. Yeah. I I guess, that makes sense. I guess sense. like before we had refrigeration, that would make sense. Right. Well, if before refrigeration, I would never eat and shellfish. You, well, and if you live in Los Angeles, don't drink it. Don't eat anything that's probably locally caught because. Yeah, locally sourced in Ew. L.A. back in the 30s? No. Not, well, not so even good. never. No. I don't yeah. know if we were doing offshore drilling then. It was probably fine. No, it was like raw sewage flowing into the... Oh, that's true. <laughs> that just, yeah. that just, make, that just sorry, brings that out the flavor. See, the animals it. just process that. I'm not so worried about yeah. the sewage stuff. Right. It's like... Ugh. The oil bothers me more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, my first thought on this mm-hmm. was, especially when he was talking about moat, put the... Put one of the player characters in a, into some sort of a position of authority. Okay. Don't, don't, but don't if have you, it be me. <laughs> but if you want it, if you, if you want the players to start driving the action, yeah. first off, I think before you do anything, you need to sit down with the players and say, "Hey, I want to run a more long-term game that has a story arc that expands that d- doesn't just last one session." Um, so I want to. I want you guys to keep an eye on that sort of thing. And I, th- two things I think happen, at least in, in my experience with long campaigns. Because I, I tend to believe I run much better long, long-term mm-hmm. games than I do short-term See? games. Yeah, right? you're a marathon runner, not a sprinter. Right. Exactly. Yes. Well, you can tell by my physique. Clearly. Yes. Um, but the, the, um, <laughs> you get you get to a point in the game 
where there's enough plot hooks out there where your prep as a GM declines dramatically. And you get to the point where it's only about, okay, what are the plot hooks that are still out there that are unresolved? How have those things changed over the you know the, the, the game time from the last session? Are the bad guys, you know, making progress on whatever it is they're trying to do? Uh, has something bad happened that might draw the player's attention to it? So you're looking for little things that you can kind of help drive the story a little mm-hmm. bit. But you do get to a point where there's, I think, enough... There's enough spinning plates where <laughs> the players are going to start saying, okay, we need to start resolving these things. Let's go after this thing first. Let's, you know, uh, we got werewolves on there. Let's go after the werewolves and let's solve that problem. You guys did solve that problem. Yeah. You didn't solve it by killing them. You solved it by making friends with them and starting a business with them. Been true. Mm. Right. Been true. <laughs> and Can that, I make money off of it? Yes. Okay. Right. No? Okay, kill it. Right. <laughs> but that, I mean, that, that basically sort of, did it end that storyline? Absolutely not. Because they're werewolves. Yeah, they're unpredictable. They're, yeah. they're anything could happen. Anything could. Plus, you're not. You know, later on in the game, you're not actually supposed to be friendly with werewolves because right. traditionally you're fighting each other, and you should not not be pals. Um, so the there were enemy of my enemy. Right. Right. But you got. But that gives you that gives you more plot complications for later. But sort of neutralize that problem. Yeah. Right. And which frees up time to to start going after the other problems. And, and I made think money. right, and I think part of that is the fact that you—I just lost my train of thought. No, it, part of that is is the fact that the players were in a position where there was no one else to turn to. There was—I mean, there was a higher authority, mm-hmm. but it's like this place is your responsibility. What happens here is on you; it's not on anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, and that I think can help drive the players to take a little more initiative. Yeah. Um, generally speaking. I think that's true. I have more to say, but go ahead. Is he, is he also saying, though, that he, when he they get spinning plates, that's all they want to do, is go resolve a spinning plate, get, you gave me a breadcrumb, I'm going to do I, it, I'm going to do... I think he there's... He wants them to run more fashion shows. I think that, maybe, maybe. I think what, I my guess is, from what, from what he said, is that they're basically kind of trained at this point. Yeah. Where... Yeah. A problem is introduced at the yeah. beginning of the session. The problem is going to be solved at the end of the mm-hmm. session. Yeah, we and go you up can to the problem, st- and you yeah. can still do that. However, you can also throw in a foreshadowing thing about what the next problem is going to be, or maybe tie in problem from session two and problem from so, session three in some way to kind of start. So you're saying maybe throw a little more out than than they can even handle, so that they make choices. You have to prioritize. Yeah. As, well, I have a couple of different th- thoughts going on. I mean, first of all, I, I don't know what systems he's running, but mm-hmm. I, I, uh, a lot of D and D. I find that I don't know what else. Well, he cut his teeth on D and D, right? I find yeah. that the systems that have group character gen makes you more involved with your with your character rather than what your character can do. Yeah, and especially things that are semi random, like That's really good like point. like traveler. Mm-hmm. Or something where you don't know what you're going to get, and you got to play what comes up. Right, right, and that has a dramatic effect on what it is you plan to do and what you can do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just end up playing the personality because you have no skills. Sometimes you end up loving the personality so much that you play that up rather than playing just the, the fire. stats or whatever. Right. right. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was, that came up was um, um, you're you are a very 
calm GM. You you come up with a a, a huge overarching storyline. Thanos is going to invade the universe. Spoilers. He's going to invade Earth. What? That's it. And then Who and then there's a couple that? little things that start it. Like like uh, you get a you get you get like a, like a portal opens up in your living room, right? And that's it. That's as far as you go. And then the rest of the characters come up with stuff, and then you riff off of that. Yes. I think mm-hmm. a lot of GM, myself included. We'll start with that portal, and then there's a reason for that portal, and then this is over here, and then there's spaceships over here, and then there's, and the next thing I know, I've got everything planned out for the next twelve episodes. Yeah, I think that you are so calm at this point that you that you c- construct your overarching meta plot, and then just toss out a couple little plot points, and let <coughs> the characters play. It's mm-hmm. not as it's not even so much I have come up with what the meta plot is going to be, but I've mm-hmm. come up with a premise for the meta plot. Mm-hmm. And I and and those bad guys, whoever they are, have goals. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that they're mm-hmm. going to want to try to do. Are they going to get a chance to do that? Are they not going to get a chance to do that? I don't know. But they do have goals and ends that they're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, yes, I'm, I'm trying to come up with that sort of through line. But as far as how the party attacks that problem, I have no idea. And I that I never try to concern myself Because with. D&D made sure that you had your prep done. You had to have a dungeon mapped out. Because you, you had have, to have NPCs and, you and have, monsters. You need to know the stats for all your monsters oh, yeah. and all that stuff. You yeah. absolutely yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and you're you shooting much, much more from the hip these days. And I think that that is an important lesson for all GMs. Mm-hmm. Which is, have some stat blocks sort of written up. Have, some, have a couple NPCs in your back pocket or whatever. Sure. Uh, maybe have a dungeon you can pull out if it goes that way, but for the most part, that's it. Don't don't sit around and map everything up because you're going to find yourself, whether whether you mean to or not, leading your play. Ferris Bueller, you're just leading you down the primrose path. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, you're going to lead your players on, whether you mean to or not, by giving them um, breadcrumbs to follow. Yeah. Right. I, w- I wonder. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, if you're you no, I, I just was going to say. I wonder if it is kind of a combination of having enough sort of stuff going on that's either related or not related to whatever goal or front <coughs> or whatever you have in the background, but also engaging your characters as characters mm-hmm. so that, you know, it's in mm-hmm. Savage Worlds you do interludes or whatever, but if you're if if the character part, like Stark was saying, you have your session zero and people aren't really gra- grabbing onto who those characters are beyond... Yeah, 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 what's, what's, I'm a fighter and these are my stats... Well, yeah. he went to he went to school to be a fighter. He went mm-hmm. to he, he, yeah. fighting, fi- school. fighting school. Because I think once <laughs> there are multiple things going on in their world, whether they relate to the meta plot or not, and people are are responding and reacting as players the way their characters would want to react, mm-hmm. maybe that's when you get more uh, player driven, like story propelling forward. You, right. you well, can. And tying it in, <coughs> like uh, other than hey, you need to kill X Y Z to be the hero. Like once you start having those emotional tie-ins mm-hmm. and those situations where there might not be a right answer, like it's not like yep. hey, you go to you know the forest and kill the troll who's killing the people who are on the road. Like if you start having those moral conundrums that have to do with their backstory and what you know they may disagree on things, like that's really when you're going to get that. Is yeah, when you have yeah. those backstories, you tap into those characters, and you have that interparty conflict. And that also yeah. that also generates, I generally, more creative solutions to problems, mm-hmm. especially if they're if if they're not if one faction of the party isn't trying to steamroll the other, mm-hmm. they're going to try to come up with something they can all live with, like right. in the, like the troll situation. Yeah. If you look back at. Um, 
uh, troll hunter. Mm-hmm. The, they go and they visit that veterinarian, and it's like, well, you know, these trolls are they're, they're animals, you know, and and what if you you find out this troll has been ravaging this village because it's been driven out out of its normal hunting ground, which is far away from civilization. Yeah, but there's something else there, and it's like, okay, the troll's kind of a victim of its own circumstance too. Yeah. Exactly. They're building a resort on its home. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. And the same like the same thing happened with our L5R game that just ended. Um, like there were we all were we all had different ideas about how to deal with the problem. Right. And a lot of that game was us like talking about it in character, figuring out what was a solution that we could all live with and what that we that was okay with our code. Yep. So that's really. Key. I was. I was even thinking about Dead Rain, which I don't think you would call necessarily a story game. Right. And how much of those sessions were driven by player interplayer dynamics. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So some like it's a zombie apocalypse, but there was tons of, and we had tons of leads. Yeah. Right. Just based on the the fluff in the book and, and right. what we were getting from you and Dave, but like there was so much we that was just so built much on fun that. yelling at each other. Oh my god, it was so fun. <laughs> but, we needed six more sessions. The, the, the thing is, when, when Dave and I were prepping yeah. that, all we, uh, we, we made a one note thing, and we just went in and <laughs> just create a page and write something about like... Um, yeah, Your Dan. Well, and, yeah, that's yeah. that kind of stuff. And like this this artillery unit that's stuck up on this hill. Yeah. And who are they? Why are they there? We hadn't really figured that, that stuff out, but they're that's there. Awesome. And then, you know, there's this big thing coming down the 60 freeway that you're hearing reports Tiny. of. And then there's a couple other things that we threw out there that never showed up in the game. But we basically just wrote a bunch of things. And we, we without really having any plans, the ending to it, very much happened organically. Yeah. With you guys, because at the end of every session, Dave and I would have a chat, and we'd and we'd sit and go, "Well, where do you think they might go next week?" Well, I don't know. Oh, well no they idea. might go here. They might go. I think it's going to be one of these two or three things. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, and then we'd kind of drill down and, and prep those a little more. Mm-hmm. But I think in his specific case, I think he's become so used to, and his players probably now have an expectation waiting for him to feed we get a, yeah. a plot hook we resolve the plot hook yeah we won the session Fever. right well it might also be that that's all the players want i know that when i was playing everquest back in the day that's a good point it was hard to commit yourself to a raid yeah this is back before wow when you could just check out and wasn't a problem because the game would scale back down if you left and some of these raids went for like 10 hours so if you're starting, it's like, I just want to come home, play for an hour and a half, go make dinner, go to bed. Right. I commit to a raid, <coughs> I'm there till 2, 3, 4 in the morning, mm-hmm. because I cannot leave. And sometimes people just want to get together, drink some beer, play a four-hour D&D session, and go home. And and there's nothing wrong with that, but if they may not be well, that invested in tr- exploring the intricacies you can still, of their You can their still characters. do that. Yeah. You yes. just, the GM just has to find a good ending place. And then and and say okay, this is where we're going to end the session. Right. Yeah. <coughs> Cliffhangers rock. That yeah, ke- that totally do. keeps the players' interest. It does. Because <coughs> if they know there's there's some sort of conflict or something that's going to going to end up being unresolved at the end of the session, mm-hmm. that's going to get them thinking about it between sessions. Too. Maybe that's the talking takeaway. about it. Don't wrap your games up after every session. Leave it on a cliffhanger. Right. And your p- characters are going to go. What? Yeah, and, they, and then they're going to talk amongst themselves, and they come back next day with a plan, and they're going to be much more invested than you think. 
it, you, you mm. can basically sort of wrap the thing up, but just leave it on a cliffhanger. Like. They they might not know what they're missing, mm-hmm. yeah. but but to your point, they also might just really have a lot of satisfaction with the mm-hmm. the monster of the week, the mm-hmm. yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah solving you like, know like. Here's yeah. the plot for this session. We put a bow on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Set it under the tree. Yeah. yeah. I love those games myself. I do. There's a there's a certain satisfaction sure. between beginning, Absolutely. middle, and end. Especially. You're done. You're like, we win. The thing is, you can do both. Yes. yes. Yeah. And yeah. you can have that sort of monster of the week or yeah. whatever session or crisis of the week or whatever. But you can have... Okay, who's behind these crises? Mm-hmm. Who's the? Yeah. Why? Why are these this one city that we're in that's being attacked by all these crazy weird ass things? Mm-hmm. Why are they attacking us? What is the long term? Is there a long term problem or something else driving this to happen? Mm-hmm. And maybe over the course, maybe you want to kind of sneak in a, a longer meta plot yeah. and and let the players at the end of the session find an incongruous clue. Like, like, yeah. let's say they get it. You know, the city gets attacked by zombies, and they find uh, on one of the zombies they find, you know, some sort of a, one of the family coat of arms. It turns or, or, out your great grandfather was a lich and who's now leading them. Who knows, right? right. Yeah, or something. Yeah, or, or Just off the top of my head, right? Or uh, maybe cool. some sort of weird <laughs> yeah. rune that they've never seen yeah. before, and they. And then you know the next week when something else when werewolves come in and attack they find that there's a, a the same rune is tattooed on one of the werewolf corpses when mm-hmm. they kill them or whatever it is, and just something and then they, they'll start to notice these commonalities, that might cause them to start to become more proactive. Yeah. Here's the, here's the trick. I need to go figure out what this thing means. Here's mm-hmm. the trick that I know that you use because you've admitted to it. Usually in the, after we're done, you just I just had him give him have a rune. I had no idea what it means. Yeah. I listened to you guys. And then I right. stole that. I yeah. call that post preparation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's something you can totally do because I mean I I love sandbox games and I run even my con games where I have a four hour time limit. Like I don't plan the story, I plan the world and we've talked about the modular mm-hmm. right. the modular design before, but it's like they can go anywhere they want and I know what's gonna happen in each of those places and they get to decide. So I think that's something that you can do rather than plan your story out chapter by chapter. Right. Plan the, you know, the little sandbox that they're in and then let them make those choices. I think as you slowly wean them off of go to from point A to point B, do X. Yep. Then I think you'll start seeing them take more initiative that, with that stuff. That's the thing I was going to say though. There is there is possibly going to be um, a, some uncomfortableness as you as you figure out this yeah. gray area yeah. of not spoon feeding them every breadcrumb to go after and kind of waiting, you know, nudging them so that they make decisions or giving them things where they can answer the questions or decide actions themselves right. versus. Feeling uncomfortable because I, Dave has talked about this a lot. Uh, CA Dave, mm-hmm. that he can't stand when there's like too many threads yeah. mm-hmm. and no one knows what to do, and you have analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of balancing yeah. of those things. <clears throat> and that can. happened many yeah. times in the moat. Yeah, it mm-hmm. did. Where there was so many things, it's like, and the whole thing is, I, th- I think the, the paralysis happened because you guys are trying to figure out what's the thing I'm expecting you to do no 100% it was me like it was my personality and being the prince that did that because <laughs> I'm a manager really? no I'm, I swear to god like and that's one of the reasons I was like I should never be a prince again 
because as a manager, I wanted to make sure everything was okay at all times. Right. So if I dedicated myself to stopping this problem, that might cause one of these problems to get better. Uh. So it was literally, it was my personality and it was so hard. And you notice after that character died and I got to play, play a sedite, that suddenly, oh, shit gets done, man. Right. Because <laughs> I, I am like a micromanager. It's like, no, we need to have a perfect plan that will 100% work before we can handle that. There, there was a little bit of, you're being a little hard on yourself because you were the prince and you so. did have to give orders. You also had to, to wrangle all these desperate personalities. And and we were, ven- we were, were all of us right. exploring our personalities and our backstories. Right. I mean, it's fair to say that Stu mined my backstory mm-hmm. for the first year of Mode of Sin. Yes. And so I was, I was basically being beat up left and right. And everybody reveled in it. And it was... It was... Interesting, yeah. but it's not all you. Uh, don't take it all on you because I think that um, a lot of us were basically playing our personalities and discovering this whole game, yeah. discovering our backstories, and and reveling in the in the fact there were whole games where we didn't do anything but just yell at each other, mm-hmm. and that's okay that's because that's okay. kind of what vampire is. Well, when we had but, fun, but it's not just yeah. You. Well, yeah, and there was also the thing where I was. I wasn't as familiar with Vampire. Like, I became Prince pretty early in the oh, game. Oh, yeah, you did, yeah. And I wasn't as familiar well, with... Well, that's... And that, the reason I did that, and this is another thing maybe to keep in mind, if yeah. you have a task giver in the game, mm-hmm. make... At, at some point, if you want the players to drive it more, make the task giver go away. Yeah. So you had a prince on the island when you guys started, and the prince disappeared... Or not a prince, but you had a lord on the island. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the lord disappeared. Yeah. So, at, same thing with the L5R game... Mm-hmm. When you guys are in town and the daimyo is there, there's only you only have so much freedom of 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 mo- of movement, right? Yeah. But once the daimyo gets, says, "Okay, go go there," and there's a problem, I don't just go handle it. So and off so you go, funny. and you guys can do whatever you want. Because I'm the exact opposite now that I think about it. L five R, L five R, I'm always taking initiative. I'm like. Fucking those swords left and right, like doing the exact opposite <laughs> that I'm supposed to do. I think that's because you're. I, I think you your personality is more um, proactive, in tune with a crab than it is with a ventru. Possible, maybe it's possible because maybe. crabs are all about. Well, well, crabs crabs have a very well, every character in L five R. Yeah. It's a very focused point. Every of character in L five R has a, a, every samurai in L five R has a definite. But I was like that Moral as crane code. too. Remember, well, I did yeah. that as a crane, right? But that—that's the whole. You—you you did what as crane? I did the sword thing for people. Yes. So that's twice in two completely different characters in different clans because they have very clearly defined morality. I like that. Yeah, I think that's and, and I think set. that's and I think once you have those lines, this is this is where I'm working. Yeah. And I think my guess is, and I don't know this for sure, mm-hmm. but my guess is when you were playing the prince. As a Ventru in the in the mm-hmm. moat game, I'm too nice. You were too nice. Yeah. Your morality is what's best for me. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, I was like, "Well, and I want my friends mm-hmm. to get along. How do I keep well, them from killing?" And your each morality other? was really high, or your humanity was really humanity. high. It, it wasn't as high as I act. Like I was much more moral. Was it like right. seven, or and that's eight the thing. Like if six? I went, yeah, it was it was pretty okay. high. But I, if I went back and did it again, that was one of the things. I think knowing what I know about vampire now, right. and after having the fun of playing a setite that just chaos for chaos sake, I mm-hmm. think I'd be a very different game now. Sure. So, but I think we're way off topic. But. I, also, <laughs> I, I was going to say, um, one of the eye-openers for me was your original premise for Motive Sin, which was 
we're gonna, I'm going to give the empires an island. They're going to be able to maybe take charge because they're going to take over from an ineffectual leader and go. That was your original premise, right? Which was no. the original. I no. did not originally intend for him to go away. I didn't think so either because no. I remember you talking sort of. That happened mm-hmm. because someone, either in a uh, forum post or something, mentioned to me because I, I had mentioned in I think it might have been in the in the play in the no players thing on the forum. Mm-hmm. I think I said I'm trying to get the players to take more initiative and someone had said, hey, by the way you had the same problem in the L5R game when you mm-hmm. had a daimyo over them, you dumbass. Yeah. So that's I, why I got rid of them. And so that genius is yeah. actually the one that you're giving advice from. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was gonna this is an entirely different topic but I struggle as a player in a game when there is a, a an in-game imposed hierarchy. Right. Like I have a tough yeah. time playing a game where there is a leader. There's it's a military structure. It's a depending on the character I'm playing. If I'm playing a loose cannon or I'm playing sure. I don't mind that kind of structure as long as I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Because I yeah. don't as a player. I don't play very often, but I'm very cognizant yeah. of, of player agency, and I don't want to be the guy who is telling all the other pe- characters what to do. Right. Oh yeah. I may not necessarily be the guy who's going to follow orders, but yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't mind chaos. Mm-hmm. But if there is a structure, I just don't want to be that. I don't want to be the the, 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 the one of the reasons when we played uh, Magnificent Bastard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, Magnificent yeah. Bastard. Yeah. No, it was no, Inglorious. No, in- no, Inglorious is the movie. Is the yeah. movie. Right. Magnificent Bastards is, yeah. Why are we fighting in a basement? Nine, nine, nine. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but one of the things that um, that character made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because his whole thing was, I get to make people do what I want them to do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. I, I don't. I, if I if I can fair and square go oh, in and no, screw someone over to get something I'm to happen, like, especially playing vampires yeah. or something like that, I'm I'm all for that. But I don't want to be the guy who says, "Yeah, yeah. put your dice away. You're you're I, I'm in control." You of your know, character oh yeah, there's right a now. captain, there's the sergeant, there's a yeah. Right. No, I don't want to be that either. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, and maybe this is the unspoken thing. When uh, I will say it now, that I, it might also be on your players. Like when Sam in the Moda Sin game. Uh, gave me the gave me the whammy. I went with it, and I'm right. okay with that. Right. I, I played it. I, w- I would be okay with that. I wouldn't be okay with giving the whammy. Well, but that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. As if you once you get immersed in these characters, you kind of just do what they are, what their skill set says, and what they would do. Right. And, and yeah, it's maybe not the first day, maybe not even the first month, but after a while, you get caught up in these things. Yeah. And you sure. Just do stuff. That's what you would do. Mm-hmm. Albert would totally walk out in a robe in the middle of, of, of a werewolf oh, fight. Yeah. Going, what the hell? You guys be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, but and it's yes, it's not strategically smart. Yes, it's not what uh, many other game players would do. Yes, it's not what game would But that's what my character that's would do. Stork. I mean, what Dork's character would do. Yes. I love that. I, I think it's, it, it, it's one of these things that after a while people get... And I've said it before. Uh, writers talk about oftentimes the book writes themselves, mm-hmm. and I think once you get really immersed in a character, the character starts to write itself. Yeah. And oh. and I think as a GM, you need to allow allow enough space and time for those players to inhabit those characters, and then stuff will start to happen. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely think that's true. And and giving those ca- like like having the characters time to develop because I know, like I I think L five R again not to pr- keep bringing up that game, but the recent one is really a good. 
um, example of that because we started playing that game, and I like knew my I'd planned my character. But it takes me a few sessions to like know uh-huh. my character. Sure, and you can like see it. I mean, that yep. we only had five or six sessions in that that right. part of the campaign. Right. But it's like the first session, eh, the second session, eh, I, like we're in character, but it's not in character. Then, like I think it was the <coughs> second or third session, there was one point where we just like clicked. Yeah. Well, I th- I you could th- almost feel it in the room. Like we were like, boom, this is who we are, and suddenly we're like, dyna- it's just really. Uh-huh. And I think that that isn't yeah. just you trying to grok who the character is. Mm-hmm. I think that is you taking the characters through various situations that are going to help you define who that character yep. is. Yes, because yeah. you're going to discover who that character is. By how you're going to react to what's going on around you, right? 100%. And you can't. Yeah. Do, I, I mean, there are people who can do that right off, the, right off the bat. Yeah, they're called actors. Yes, exactly. They get paid a lot of money to do that, right? Well, I would even say yeah. though that once you get on set, though, some of that stuff might might even change. That's even why. That's yeah. why they have rehearsals. Yeah. yeah, so that exactly. they can get into because that. Because once you have that dynamic of the other characters and the exactly. other players at the table. Stuff you really thought, even the little pieces that yeah. you right. thought might not quite be what you thought they were. It's the interaction with yeah. the other players and, yeah. the, and the environment yeah. that is going to help you yeah. define who that character exactly. is. Exactly. Um, and, and I, n- we're getting uh, kind of a little far. Yeah. Really? I feel. Not really. No, well, I feel like having that. That I mean, uh, this is what empowers players to take that yeah. initiative yes. to kind of drive the campaign. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I really feel that. I mean, and that's one of the things like you see like. In the first couple sessions of L5R, like you are, it's more like go here. Okay, we're gonna go there. But like once we kind of discovered who we were, then suddenly we're we're figuring out: Are we gonna do it this way? Or what are we gonna do? <coughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Yes, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna walk away and like completely not even be there. And it's it's right. beyond the tropes of yeah. Oh, I'm a fighter, but I drink a lot. And, yeah, and it's right. like it's the why do you drink a lot? Yeah. Right. You know, it's like what's beyond beyond that. What right. is that character really about? Well, in those situations that you gave us, and this is part of what you can do as a GM is g- giving those small things that we have to make choices or <coughs> moral calls on that help us then yeah. flush out and define that character. It, oh, yeah. You did a ton of that where, like, it was like you know, just small things like we're in the store, you know, and like Stork was going shopping and things like that. How do you react to the, like all those small things add up to give us a lot more foundation. To be who we are and then take that initiative. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Start. I'm just, just shopping. I'm just, <laughs> such a bad word. Uh, I was going to say <coughs> there is a difference between making your characters task oriented and making them maybe more story oriented, mm-hmm. and that's up to the players. At some point, they're going to shift from just following the, the task that they're given to to in, in, you know exploring their backstory or their faults. Uh, you're blessed with players that well that embrace their their faults. I don't think a lot of people do that. In fact, I know people. A lot of people don't do that. They don't like to sure. look at what's wrong with their character. They want to look at what's right with their character. There's a lot of games I, that don't have anything that, where, submit, where you define what's wrong with your character. I would submit that they do, but they do it as a um, <coughs> a, a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that where it's like this is the gimmick of my character that I you know. But that's a starting place. It is. It's and like it's, it's like beyond that. Yeah. Though, it's like when it people talk about religion. And you get those people who say, "I'm religious, but I keep it in church." <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. There are those people, yeah. yeah. And it's the same thing with a character. And you get characters' flaws. I want to, I want a character with character flaws, but I don't really want it to affect my ability to succeed. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I get that. I mean, okay. maybe, maybe I'm, I'm belaboring the point, but I think that we're talking about 
all this interesting stuff that came out of Moda Sing came out of our flaws and our character interaction, and less about the the task that yes. we were given. But uh, yeah, and it's also Stu's ability <coughs> and GMs in general. Like we're blessed with a lot of really great GMs who are able to do this this to make those things relevant to make. You know your um, disads, not just a disadvantage in your combat, but also something that can be really interesting for the story, and not <coughs> absolutely. So it's like, um, like, like my ghost dad, and like you made that super interesting, and then the the, the chat room kind of like then like right. took it to the next level. But that was something that didn't benefit benefit me in any way, and it actually hurt me in some places in the game as far as like mechanics, but it really enriched my character and really like gave me a hard line for what I would and would not do why I wouldn't do it like literally my dad was watching the whole time right so it's it, it's something that really helped the character <coughs> so I think as a GM like making sure you're not letting those things be forgotten not in like a punitive way like hey you're supposed to have a ghost following you all the time don't you you know but like oh this is what your dad says what do you do I, I right. submit Stu that you've always <coughs> You've always geared your games more towards the player interaction. Um, even when you're running a D&D game, back before we discovered L5R, or even games like L5R were invented, you had a list of things that you wanted people to fill out so that you could mine their backstories. You had, who are your, who's your family? How are you related to them? How do you feel yeah. about them? Who, who's right. your worst enemy? Who's your best friend? Uh, I think that those things are important and have always been important to you, and I think that that's the crux for making a game like Mode of Sin rather than just making it Monster of the Week. Right. Is having that rich backstory, the, having that rich material that you can pull from <coughs> and encouraging your players to relate to. And, and that, If you have a nagging Jewish mom that calls you on the cell phone while you're trying to save the world as a superhero, that, the, at some point they can't ignore it. And that 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 comes <laughs> directly from running so much GURPS. Yeah. Okay. Because GURPS, oh. you 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 come up with disadvantages. Some of them are going to be personal failings. Some of them are going to be physical problems. Some of them are going to be social or mm-hmm. uh, other people. It might be an enemy or a rival or a dependent or you know someone you're protecting or whatever it is. But that's where that came from because GURPS built right into the system. A lot of games now, but but yep. back oh, then sure. yeah. there was only a now. few games that had that yeah. kind of thing in them. I mean there. So I'm, I'm going to sum this up. This might be a T-shirt. In right. summary, right. so make broken characters and then just keep poking them and right. get a great story. <laughs> nice. Go. Nice. No, but let me uh, 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 just just to recap because uh-huh. that was long. We, we, yeah. It's talk, good though. Talk to your players. Make sure your players know. Make sure your players know yeah. that you want to to do. You can you can still do the 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 one shot thing. You can totally still yeah. do the one shot thing, but let them know that you're going to start in, introducing, yeah, subplots that are going to or or meta plots that are going to last longer than, mm-hmm. than a single session. So so they ha- they they don't have the uh, expectation. expectation that they have to tie everything up at the yeah. end of the session. And, yeah. yeah, and feel like they're a failure for not doing it. Right, because that's, that's sort of become their victory condition. And right? they don't jump right. into the flames holding the sword just to, yep. because they know it's the end awesome. of the session. But yeah. It's also the end of the session. Secondly, then put in hooks that go beyond the session's end. Things they can't solve in the single session. Give them yeah. the things that they can, but at the end of that, perhaps, right at the end, they discover some clue. Huh, this zombie and the, that thing over there, they both had a similar thing about them. I wonder if these things 
disparate things are connected in some way. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. And third, remove the authority. Remove whoever the authority figure is. Mm-hmm. The you want to really, you want to really unbridle them or unfetter them. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah. Now, in some games, it's not as big of a deal. Yeah. <coughs> in Vampire, people are totally willing to go behind their their prince's back. L five R going behind your daimyo's back. That's a pretty big deal. That's, that's, a, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And and most characters won't do that if they're if they've read the book. <laughs> That's only from your perspective. There was we a, had it. We there was a look given across. Oh the no! Table. What you guys did were, was consistent. I, I think was consistent with your own character's understanding of what your morality. Absolutely, is. yeah. Which is awesome. So the, anyway, there. Yeah, yeah. What, did we read the the PPS? If you're reading this on the air, <laughs> yeah. now we get the PPS. now a warning. Please, please yeah. delete the third pair. No, uh, <laughs> don't read. No. Then this is the third email from me you've read. Yeah. How hey. often is too often when it comes to sending in questions? Huh? I'm sure you have thousands of, of listeners, yes. Not as many thousands as I want, but we have thousands. Yeah, tens uh, of thousands. Barely. And, and want to make sure other people get a chance to have their emails read. Keep sending emails. Yes. If no, you've no, read, we're going to encourage it. <clears throat> yeah, if you... Yeah. If you if, if we've read if you've sent three emails and we've read three emails, that's because when I when I pre-read them or skimmed them, um, stuff. I I've, I found something thought-provoking in it that yeah. I wanted. Yeah. yeah, here's the deal: we're not reading it because your name is William from Minnesota. We're reading it because you actually asked an intelligent question that we talked about what? for 15 I, minutes. I would exactly. read it because it was William from Minnesota. But <laughs> right. I'm, I'm biased. You're, you're from Minnesota? I'm from Minnesota. Where, where are you from in Minnesota? you want to say? Up north. Up east, 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 east from up north. I don't know what if, if you're yeah. near there. Is it, that's Michigan. Michigan has Upers, right? No, they're Upers, yeah. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, all of Minnesota is up north. It is up north, <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead and read the next one. I'm gonna We're in LA. Everything show. is up uh, north. Who played like what everything. this week, though? Oh, yeah. by the I think, Gina, you're the only one. No. No, we played L five R. Is that this weekend? Yes, yes. But that's right. It would it be tomorrow. Be the next week. Okay, yeah. Lessons learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a we had a kind of an epic game. We had a really epic game. It, okay, uh, it was it's wrapping up because fair is starting. To right, be fair. So yes. it was kind of a penult- or it was a finale. Yeah, it was a finale. Um, we decided that we did not like this is the at least in its current iteration. There were elements we've really liked of the of the, uh, the Final beta. Fantasy or I'm sorry, uh, Fantasy no. Flight Games yeah. the beta, beta version. Um, but right now, it's just really hard to navigate, um, which we knew was going to be the case because it's beta. But yeah. the layout is just—it's still broken. Super a mess right now. Yeah. Um, I personally, just like I loved the um, Edge of the Empire game, I love the custom dice. I hate that we have to buy them, but I love like the way they worked for L five R specifically and the mechanic with the strife. Um, but we decided that we were not going to continue to go forward with that when we come back from fair, mm-hmm. just because uh, the books are like you're flipping between like the printed version and then the amendments, okay. and then it's just like eighty page, like it's just an, a nightmare right now. I am looking forward to when that system is done, taking another look at it personally because oh, I really definitely. liked elements of it. But for now, we're going to go back to L five R fourth edition, which we're very excited about. Um, I can bring out my pretty. Pretty dice again. My specific L five R dice. Speaking of dice, uh-huh. I I've been reading through the fourth edition book, and it's so nice to read through a book and know that okay, these are the rules. Yes. <laughs> There's no other supplement I have to go to, but the thing that I, as I'm reading through it again, because mm-hmm. I'm just kind of refamiliarizing myself with it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss the the um, not stress. What do they call it? Strife. Strife. I'm gonna no, miss the strife that, mechanic. That was my favorite part of the because it's beta. awesome. Yep. It is mm-hmm. so good. Yep. 
Yep. But I kind of came up with an idea mm-hmm. on how to do the strife Don't thing. Don't make me go, go. shopping again. No. Well, here's my here's my idea. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, use, we're gonna use fourth edition, but maybe on top of it, put a strife system, so that your character in certain situations, or maybe you, your dice pool, maybe we take because your dice pool is made up of your of your stat and your skill. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't call it stat attribute or whatever they call it. One of those two is going to be different colored dice than the other ones. Oh. So if you roll in your dice and you say, okay, these dice over here that are this color, you can take, if you keep those dice, you earn strife mm-hmm. or you suffer strife. If you keep these other dice, you don't. Interesting. So if you get, if you got, oh, look, I rolled a 10 on this red die here. Mm-hmm. I want to keep that 10, so I'm going to write down a strife point and then keep whatever it is you're going to keep. I'm trying to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Because I'm sure it can be done without having to come up with custom dice. I thought one of the best things about the Beta. And the w- especially yeah. especially in the re- in the fourth revision of the of the or the beta mm-hmm. or the the revision of the beta where they got rid of the no you must have an outbreak your character will can an outburst, have an out yeah. an outburst right your character you can have one yeah but there's other ways you can do it but if you don't resolve the problem with your strife when yeah. it gets to a certain level. Your character's in a mechanical disadvantage, which yeah. fits in very no, well with the rest of the L five R system. Yeah, the fear so the fear yeah. system works the same way. There's a there's a problem with the fear. You're having the fear. You can continue fighting this scary ass thing that's terrifying you, but you're at a mechanical disadvantage yeah. to do that. And then the, then the player gets is going to make the metagame decision to say, my character is no longer effective. I'm going to run. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't want him to die. Yeah. What if you did it on like odd numbers on the dice? Eat, have strife. Have one strike. That's all. I, I don't. Maybe because well, then you roll a dice pool, and then it's like the odd numbers. I mean, it might be crazy. I don't know. We'd have to figure. It depends on how big the dice pool is. And you're gonna have to come up with a way of getting rid of it out of game too, because otherwise, strife's gonna build up regardless. Well, I would keep that rule the same. Well, though it, it went away with sleep with, and time, right? Well, yeah, and it's like yeah, at the end of every do the same thing. Right, yeah, the at the end right. of every scene, you lose water. Your water ring in strife. So we just have to figure out a way to mechanically balance getting it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah that, I love that. That we may have to tweak. But I'm going to, that as I read through the rules, because, I mean, obviously the rules are way more streamlined because it's a finished product, it's not a beta. Yeah, it's a um, fourth edition of a finished product. Right. And, and they've had yeah, they've had a long time to, to hone those rules mm-hmm. and get them to the point where they're understandable and everything. Mm-hmm. But the, the, as I was reading through them, I'm like, I'm going to miss the strife system. Well, we can shoot because it does it does add a, a dramatic element to the game that I think the so. game didn't have before. Oh yeah, I think That's, it makes the game better. I think so too, mm-hmm. which because it really suits the yeah the, the system or the world and the characters. Yeah, so check out our final episode. Stuff happened. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. I may have already spilled some stuff. Anyway, Gina, would you play? I know you play all the I, games ever. Well, I actually am working on. Uh, I'm making a character for a Burning Whale game. Ooh, the Burning Whale really? game set in the Dragonlands. You didn't throw world. the book across the room because it's insulting. No, no. The the it's not insulting. It's preachy. Well, and I think the key is uh, play with an expert, and I'm playing with a bunch of experts. You have to, yeah. Yeah. And I am really excited, so... There's some things about about Burning Wheel that I think are fantastic. Yeah. I love the... The argument, like the the resolution for, yeah. And the combat thing, where you write down what you're going to do, because combat's so chaotic, and it happens so fast, you're going to write down what you do, and you might get a chance to do it, you might not. It's Mm. it's. Fascinating because I mean I've played uh, Torchbearer, I've played Mouse Guard, I've actually played Burning Wheel just once before, but it does it 
it's it fits a niche of games that I've not right played before. Mm-hmm. Um, there because there are things that are sort of confining of even about character creation mm-hmm. that I'm not used to, but that lead to it's it reminds me of sort of when you <coughs> roll a character up in Traveler. Yeah. That it's like there is a certain amount of making a choice, and there's a certain amount of you get. You know, you choose what's available to you, and it's limited. And right. it's a long um, so going really session. Excited. I mean, not with Mouse Guard, it was a long going session. If you were out in the field for a long time and didn't come back to home base, yes, you didn't get any XP. Well, you fail. You fail. Yeah. Well, in Mouse Guard, you get XP through failure, also though, right? Yes, you yeah. do. But it was. It, it's like so. If you have a long going, ongoing campaign, you're kind of destined to fail. I, I don't know. It, it, there's, there's weird. It's a weird system. I, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Are and I've also the, never the, played Dragonlance. The Lens, three paperback so. books is that the? Oh, I, yeah. Or they have a new. Well, no, I've got the. Uh, there's now new books. So there's the gold book, and then there's the Codex, the blue book. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I figured because when I when I bought it, it was long time. Yeah. Ago. So yeah. I think I'm just using two books. So I'm okay. using the gold book, and I'm using the co- Codex. Do you play in the Dragonlance world? Yes, which are playing, I'm not are you playing familiar the, with. The Dragons of the Autumn, Dragons of the Wound, because some of the Dragonlance books, I picked, I picked one up literally on set one day. They have these books sometimes on set; they just have them there, and it was long, and it was sitting there, and I'm like, oh, all right, I'll read this. So I, I put something else in its place, and then I, I took the book, and I was hooked. Mm-hmm. And it was like some continuity person got fired for that, probably, probably. Huh? <laughs> probably. <laughs> it but, but I was hooked, and the world. This is. There's some Dragonlance books that aren't good, but this one, this whole sort of series was excellent. The Burning Wheel books? No, oh. Dragonlance. Dragonlance. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I did. I did not intend for this to be my character, but somehow the the path I walked with this character. You made is a candor, didn't you? No, she's a sorcerer's apprentice, oh, and uh, a awesome. yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. d- d- like daughter of nobility, which I nice. was not going for. No, that's and awesome. So yeah, she's totally like yeah. Which I so I'm really interested because I it wasn't the character I necessarily envisioned, mm-hmm. but this is the best. Yeah, this is the no, you I got. think so. Yeah. No, I uh, like I like that. That's one of the reasons I love Traveler. It's like this is not the character I. I ever intended to play, but I gotta make this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. um, and uh, Apocalypse World does it, Fate does that, uh, and Burning Wheel does it. It's Stu does it when he just gives you random stuff. Sometimes that's more fun for mm-hmm. me. Yep. Than just playing the fighter again. Yeah. Well, and that's that's one of one of the things that yeah. really built has built my um, uh, like self confidence as a role player is like mm-hmm. playing games and playing characters that weren't necessarily what I thought I could. Mm-hmm. So and it's you know stretches your abilities. Uh, that's why I think no, it does. I think, I think for for those who want to really stretch it, uh, uh, traveler. Yeah. Because you well, have yeah. no control over what well, you're going to yeah. get. Yep. And everybody I've I've run through traveler. I even did at a con game. I had character gen stuff. They uh, they come out of that going. This is the most fun I've ever had. Creating a game, creating a character, mm-hmm. and they're so invested. If if yeah. it's the right kind of player, yeah. I, I do know people who detest I get randomly generated characters. They want to be able well, to make the character they want to make. I yeah. get that, but in Traveler, because you're in a group with a bunch of people, you're working right. out a way to make. But it if you work. enjoy improv and you yeah. enjoy yep. the the challenge of okay, here's the character I have to play. Who is this guy? How is this going to work? Mm-hmm. You would love it. Yeah. Well, there's there are times that uh, I have friends who will give me a hard time, a good natured hard time for picking last sometimes, but. I like to do that because sometimes it'll force me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, sure. And it doesn't always work. 
But, no. but I would never have played a magic user if I didn't get forced out of my comfort zone. And right. I ended up loving playing magic users mm-hmm. as well as like fighter types. Mm-hmm. And But otherwise, you, you tend to go for things that are in your comfort zone that you know you enjoy, but you don't know what you don't like. Until or you, you follow the script. Other stuff. You, you yeah. follow the script. When you have a character that has no combat yep. skills, you come up with other things yeah. to do with that character. Okay. Yep. Like steal starships. Yep. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. Speaking of traveling, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm excited. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, and I played Interpol X on Monday. Right. So uh, that was our penultimate. Penult- um, <laughs> so we have one the more. The Denouement. Yes, the Dating Wall. Um, so, and that's a, that's just a, such a fun game. I'm really, really enjoying that game. Um, I wasn't 100 percent sold when we first started that system because even though I love PDTA, mm-hmm. um, Monster of the Week just was. I loved all the players, and I was like, okay, add a monster on Monster of the Week. Okay, I'll play. But it was like, eh, okay, I love, I love um, Supernatural. Like it's. My, like, I love that show so much, ridiculously. You and um, Emily need to talk. I know. She's it's so over the moon about so it. So good. Um, but it's like one. It's one of those things that I wasn't. Even the name Monster of the Week. It's like I don't really want to play a game that's like, oh, you kill this thing this week, and next week you kill this thing. Like, but Adams done just a, a really <coughs> amazing job with that, and it's really fun. Kind of the dynamics that have that have popped up in that game, and playing a character. Like we were saying, like I, I, ha- I personally have a very specific set of moral codes. Like, and uh, it's hard for me to pull away from that. I'm like, you know, elementary school teacher. Like in all ways, like I, I I'm the one who like, fall- well, no, I don't follow the speed limit, but like I always stop at the stop signs. I always do the thing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do everything within the the lines. You have a particular set of skills. Yeah, I have a very particular set of skills, and I make sure I'm very particularly in the lines with everything. Um, so it's nice in that game to kind of play like bad character like everyone else is like super oh I'm magic I'm I'm gonna save people and I'm like I'm a demon you're an asshole I'm like mm, <laughs> that's awesome. they oh, can that's die cute. I don't care if they die as long as you know I get to what I need in the end I'm actually more venture in that game I think than I am right. like that's awesome. I'm watching that game I don't know if Sam has anybody's best interest in life <laughs> where did you find her she's crazy oh she's they're awesome. yeah they are amazing um they were uh with us there they were at Nerd Strong with us so oh, okay we all worked out together and uh they're, they're pretty amazing. amazing. I was in, yeah, they uh, they were in um, a D&D 5e game that I played, like, off stream, um, and that was their very first RPG. So that was that was a fun, kind of, like, seeing them, That's awesome. like, kind of do that growth has been super fun. I've only That's seen her on excellent. camera. They. Right? Is she only they. four feet tall? Yeah, she goes, they, they go by they. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so they, um, yeah, she's, they are very. Like, I'm doing I it. know. Dang well, it, Sam. They are. They are very. Uh, they're very petite, but incredibly strong. It's amazing. Yeah. Like they do amazing. amazing workout stuff. But yeah. So it's been really fun to watch them kind of like do that very first rolling up of a character ever to now like doing our show and being on like a bunch of other shows. So. Yeah. And and it's been interesting the dynamic change too. I think this this is one game where like that is so apparent how like a small one or two players can really make a huge difference. I might be talking too long. Sorry. (laughs) But um, like we have three of the same players who played the time. We started off with Jessica who is amazing but her her schedule just wouldn't let her do it every week so she's kind of like dropping in when she can. And then Sam has dropped in and they are just such a different character and different energy at the table. It's been really interesting. Still an amazing game but just like just like the shift in it. 
It's oh, just yeah. kind of interesting to see, like, we're all the same characters, but how just the, the, the situations that we go into change. Well, the interplay between the characters mm-hmm. is always going to help define what, yeah. what's going to oh, happen. Oh, so just cha- yeah. Especially when, mm-hmm. and if, yep. you have, if you have a table with six characters and you change one, yep. you're not going to have that big of a deal. But mm-hmm. if you've got four players and one of them switches out, it's going to be a dynamic. And Sam, yeah, I think so. And Sam kind of made a social face character, so she's always driving right. stuff oh, forward. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're... And they are always trying yeah. to do stuff for. So yeah, they're great Sorry. about they're Sorry, playing Sam. the mundane too because that's a very specific book in in uh, Monster of the Week. Playbook. Yeah, playbook in Monster of the Week. Um, and like they just jump in and and that's like the thing with the mundane is they're supposed to throw themselves into danger yeah. all the time, which yeah. gives like mechanical boosts to everybody else. And Sam's amazing about that. Sam's doing a great job. Yeah, it's the Xander. <laughs> yeah, it's I had no idea that that was their point. The character. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah, they're doing. A hundred percent with the yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Well, I, I played Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, and something happened in Sea of Thieves. That I was talking to Dave, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I've never seen that happen." What? Really? I'm I'm swimming out to my ship because I can't. I was when you're by yourself in the little boat. Sea of Thieves is a video game. If you don't know what yeah, it's. Sea of Thieves is a massively online pirate game, and yeah. it's awesome. You if said you PvE, don't, PV, it's PV a, everything. F, yeah. And if you don't like uh, uh, player versus player, don't play it. It's called Sea of Thieves for a reason. It's actually not PVE. It's PVP all the time. And it's P- it's PVE everything. Everything. It's P- PVE all of all. the things. <laughs> PVA. I'm yeah. swimming out to my boat. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on a quest. I, I think I had a chest. Yeah, I had a chest. So I, I like dug up some treasure and I'm like, coming oh, back, swimming back well, to my no boat. No chickens this time? No chickens. This wow. was a different quest. Okay. <clears throat> swimming back to my boat. I click on F to to start climbing the the rope ladder onto my ship, I get about halfway up and the sh- and the and it drops me back into the water. What? And then the F is no longer there, even though I can see that the 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 rope ladder is right there. And then my ship goes up into the air. What? Flips over, lands on its side, and sinks. My theory is that was the kraken, because there's a kraken oh. in the game. I've not seen the Kraken. I don't know if Dave has seen the Kraken. My guess is that was the Kraken. That's Holy! So, so I swam back very fast. Yeah. <laughs> my, my guess is that it's a bug. <laughs> no, it, it like it, oh it had sunk my because your ship when your ship has like this sunk condition or whatever it is, no, I, I it's hard it. to do stuff on. Yeah. It. So like the 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 option of climbing the ladder went away. And then the ship literally went up in the air and like started flying. It wasn't like a quirky <laughs> thing. So it was scary. smooth graphics. It wasn't oh, like a okay. it didn't look like a glitch. Maybe okay. it was. I don't know. But it kind of like went up in the air and went like this and landed on its side and then sank very fast. And in the game, the Kraken's a world boss, which I guess according to a lot of people is just tentacles. They haven't actually worked out what the rest of it is yet. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is the ship flipped and it sunk. And it was it was you anchored. lost your ship to an unknown thing, and it floated in the air and fell back down on yes. the side and sunk. And it was it was anchored. My sails were up. There oh. was no reason why my ship should have been moving around at all. Have you been able to complete a quest at all yet? Yes. Okay. Do you still have your treasure? No, because I went back to shore, <laughs> and then when I figured, because oh, then the, the then your sort yeah. of ghost appears with a with a um, a torch in the middle of the water where your ship sunk. And if you go back out to it and interact with the ghost, it will give you your ship back. And I think it it takes away some gold because at one point I had eight thousand gold, oh, and now I, I have four thousand oh, gold. Okay. I don't so know like, when It like reses you. It's like the res. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm still boat. alive. Yeah, for your boat though. But the boat. The death punishments. Yeah. Uh, well, I, but wow. I wasn't. I wasn't dead. 
Because there's also a death thing where you go well, okay, to the ghost ship. You get punished for failing. Well, if you're on an island and you don't have a boat, you're kind of dead almost. Yes. Unless you're Jack Sparrow. No, you can steal so right? turtle. With I don't know if you can steal other people's boats. I haven't tried. You can. You very I, think, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I know you can steal shit off of other people's boats. Yeah, I, I know that firsthand. <laughs> but I don't know if you can actually steal boats. Anyway. Um, wow. So we played a lot of stuff this week. It was yes. a busy, yeah. busy week. I love that game. And on the forum, they're trying to put together a sort of a... A, a Happy Jacks group to oh, go out fun. to go in and because cool. the thing is there's so many servers yeah because I guess that over like the during the week not the mm-hmm. weekend but during the week when the game came out they were having there were times when there were a million people playing it simultaneously yeah it's so many people want to play that game and I'm trying to decide like whether I want to like commit to it because um, mm-hmm. both my husband and I would want to play so we have to buy two copies of it. I bought two copies because Zachary and, and I. Zach, yeah. Zach plays on the Xbox. I play on the PC. But I have to decide. Like, really, the only thing I can think of that I really want to do in that game is play the hurdy gurdy. Right. So it's you like a hurdy gurdy. You wanted to, but you're you not. Get a concertina. Can you play I know, yet? I have a concertina in my house. Like, if I'm gonna play right. a video game, concertina, or learn to actually play the concertina that I have and own. It's easier to play it in the game. hundred percent, because I hit like the A button or whatever right. it is. Perfect. See, yeah. I really just want to start a band, both in real life and in that game. That's what I want. Right. Yeah. Because what we need is another band. That's one hundred percent what we need. Yeah. <laughs> but it like a third or fourth. Uh, yeah. It's fun with more than one player. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. very frustrating with one player because you are so. Have you been able to play with anybody else yet? Like yeah, Dave or uh, okay. Dave. T- uh, my son Zachary oh, cool. and I. We the three of us played. We had a galleon because you can have up to four people. You, you have four or three players on okay. a galleon, or two players on a sloop. Okay. And and we played, and we and and he, he Dave was more advanced because he plays more than Zachary and I have. Mm-hmm. So he he's like, well, let's go. And he, he's like, kind of showing us the ropes, the different people you can get quests from, the different kinds of quests because you can go on quests and hunt like the crews of sunken ships, which are like old skeletons and shit. Cool. Or you can um, you can get uh, the the gold hoarders. That, that's where you dig mm-hmm. for buried uh-huh. treasure. Then there's the merchants where it's like go to some place and get some pigs or chickens or something and take them to someone. Those are the three main quests. But okay. there's also also at one point we're going along and there's a bunch of seagulls flocked. And he's like, oh, that means there's a sunken ship over there. So we turn, oh. go to the sunken ship, and you can try to get stuff off of the sunken ship. But of course you can drown because the ship is actually sinking. Oh. And, and you can only spend so much time underwater before you start drowning. Yeah. Uh, the chat room saying that uh, they think it might be a killer whale that sunk your boat. Maybe I don't know. I, I never don't know saw if it. I whatever don't know. it was. I never saw it. Um, mm-hmm. All I saw was my boat flip in the air, ah. <laughs> and it was smooth. It wasn't. It wasn't like That's usually. You can tell when it's when it glitches it didn't out. Look like like a glitch. yeah, yeah, usually it's pretty tall. Crazy banana sandwich. But, but we have good. more actual emails. Yes, we do. More oh, emails. Uh, the next email is uh, from Steffi from Scotland. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, d- I don't know if, if Steffi is male or female. That's okay. Steffi from Scotland. Steffi from Scotland here. Bit of a horror story for you for my first attempt to get into the hobby. Thank you. My I'm first game was an old yeah. school friend's <laughs> D&D group. She was uh, the other one I met before I made a forest ro- elf rogue. With the idea of a Robin Hood highway bandit and thou art letting the ranger be a ranger. We had... Slash Maybe you need to stop we that. I need subtitles. To roll and on the background traits for our character. Yeah. Okay. Just, should just I stop it. now? Really? Yeah. Just read. Which just got read me it. a few aspects, but I didn't. Okay, there you go. But I didn't think fit like the flaw. I get obsessed about valuable items that I want to steal, but whatever. It added character. The GM glanced over my sheet, told me I was traveling with my friend to protect her <clears throat> gold 
which again went against the concept. Oh, quote protect her. Yes, gold, quote right? protect uh, her gold. Which, all right, let's go back and read a little bit of that first. All right, okay, because I was trying to follow along and I have it in front of me. A bit of a horror know. story for you from my first attempt. My <laughs> bit of a horror story. No, stop. To get yeah. in the attempt <laughs> in the hobby. All right, my first game was an old school friend D and D group. She was the <laughs> other one I met before I made a forest elf rogue. What? No, I. Okay. When you're reading it normally, you don't have to go slowly. With the idea of a, <laughs> I'm not that drunk yet. With the like, idea of, of yeah. a Robin Hood highway bandit, while letting the ranger be a ranger, we slash had slash to roll on the background traits for our character, which got me a few aspects, but I didn't think fit like the flaw. I get obsessed about valuable items that I want to steal. That was the flaw they rolled, but whatever, yeah. it added character. The GM glanced over my sheet, told me I was traveling with my friend to quote protect her. And, or protect her gold, end quote, protect, which, end again, quotes. went against my concept, but the GM yeah. was trying to get us together, so sure, <laughs> I was branching out in my criminal career. We get in town, and my friend playing a dragonborn is curious about a store called the Dragon's Eye. Why wouldn't you, being a dragonborn, right? I'm not dragonborn, and I'm curious. actually full of dragon eyes? Did that character happen to have an eye patch? Did it? Did it, <laughs> is it full of dragonborn eyes? Uh, all right. So, so I follow her in because I'm meant to be her bodyguard. Sure. It sells diamonds, which the dragonborn has no interest in, and leaves. I play up my flaw that I rolled, trying to describe the wide-eyed awe I was experienced. Uh, I wasn't doing anything, just looking around in awe at the doorway after my companion left. Jim have these guards show up uh, in or- and order me out of the shop and spread word to the rest of the guards. Racial profiling. I get what he's going for. Whatever. We get to the Dwarven Tavern, and I'm asked what we wa- what I want. I have no value of the in-world money, no idea what's on the menu, and already feeling on the spot. I ordered water. Makes sense. I'm on duty. Con artist playing a bodyguard. Now with the guard watching me, I need my wits. Well... The dwarves take great insult at this. Oh. At this point, I'm pissed off. I feel hazed, and my attempts at roleplay have been far better than anything my friend has shown, who has walked into the shop and left, though left in the dust by the other players. The dwarf starts asking about rooms and needing a breather from the hazing. I, t- I try to transfer attention to my friend, the one playing my mark slash boss. Attention stays on me, and suddenly we and the ranger are being put in the Fifty Shades of Grey suite. Oh, my friend what? glaring at me as if it's my fault. She said nothing, and they are her friends. What the fuck? <laughs> what? The paladin. <laughs> oh, God. Who went to a different tavern when the group got into town, and the ranger who took the. Okay, dildo. That's his word. Dildo. What? Club plus one with advantage to intimidation checks. This isn't real. From the Fifty Shades Suite. It is probably real is what's really sad about this. No, because the ranger actually took the dildo from the Fifty Shades Suite and dished me and my friend while the characters sleep. Enjoy the rest of the session. Okay, what's the name of that Carlton Melnick the third book? Uh Uh-huh. What? The kobold something dildo plus something an adventure. You don't know, remember that mm-hmm. that 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 podcast that why are you Tyler, looking at me that Tyler used to do oh, called yeah, This okay. Book Is Why Your Daddy Drinks. Yeah. Okay. One of the books they read was a quote unquote bizarro fiction, and it was a, a parody of D anD D that. Oh, there's this, 
like the va- like the dinosaur erotica that's on the Amazon. Go down but the, the rabbit God. hole of bizarro fiction. Please, God, please don't. Please, let's not get into a competition about. Uh, bu- no, let's not go there. <laughs> okay, and you the guys ranger. Don't remember that? that wait, was the word no. Paladin I, I who went that. to a different tavern when the group got into town, and the ranger who took the dildo. Club plus one with advantage to intimidation. So I read it. You're just having a hard time comprehending. I am. It. I know. And I know. Dildo it's, is that's his what name. He, that's what they wrote. The Dildo. I am. Is he maybe yeah. maybe the, the guy who's writing this just calling it that? I don't. I don't, I don't well, know. Well, no, because it's in quotes. So if we get rid of the quote mm-hmm. part, it's like so. Uh, it's not in quotes. The paladin. It's uh, not in quotes. It's in parentheses. Parent, no, that's giving us the stats for the dildo. But we yeah. get rid of the we get rid of the parentheses. <laughs> okay, let's see where let's see where it goes. Yeah, because maybe he's just thrown shade, and maybe it's a dildo. The paladin mm-hmm. went to a okay. different tavern when the group from got into town, and the ranger who took the dildo from Fifty Shades of Sweet and ditched me and my friend while uh, our characters sleep. Enjoyed the rest of the session Count while neither blessings. myself or my friend were given a chance to wake up and join the fucking adventure. Yeah. But if that involved, okay, good. <laughs> Wow. But now there is, is a happy ending. Is that join the fucking adventure, join the fucking adventure? Right, right. Kind, exactly. Kind of it seems different. Ending. If you're stealing a dildo, it's that like could a, be different the, meanings. Oh, but they ended up in a massage parlor because there's a happy ending. Yeah, I ahead. know, that's what I think. Go, Stork. But. Oh, God. <laughs> there is a happy ending. One T. After this group and another false start, I found a wonderful DD group that has been going for two ish years now. Two I, years. I, I've run a mask campaign for them and wasn't at all of, uh, which wasn't for all of them, but one encouraged me to start a new masks group for nice. our alternate week, which is new, shiny, and my fallen, and may have fallen apart by the time you read this email, but right now I'm having lots of fun with it. Excellent. Steffi, P.S. Alith. It's a fantastic Welsh accent, but uh, the that is not Scottish. Scottish. That's Jason's accent. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit more Welsh than Scottish. Although it is actually surprisingly really good. He's like, oh, I have the worst so, accent ever. And then he busts out does? the... Jason. He can do a Welsh accent? It's That's amazing. hard as fuck. It really nails it. He's like, oh, I have the worst accent ever. And then he busts out with it. And I was like, oh. Like, first game. I was like, you sound so fucking good. And I, I know a lot of people who fucking pretend they can be like Scottish and Welsh accents. We know Welsh people. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's like that good. The, my, Welsh my accent Morgan's is like that. so yeah. hard. It like, is yeah. so hard. He's really do. going for Scottish, but it's a good Welsh accent. Wow. <laughs> well, it, no Welsh is. Let him know that he's doing a Welsh hard. accent, but don't change a thing. I, I'm not going to say does anything. Sound like to Peter. Does yeah, he, he sort does, of he does sound does like, like this? He, he sounds right. exactly. The, the only way I get in my Welsh accent is, is from Peter, but Being it's mostly right. from Eddie Izard, yeah. who who does oh. who does building a henjar. Building a henjar. Oh, I get all mine from Torchwood. <laughs> All right, Gwyn. So you know what? Like, I would love to think and that Ned this. And Stacy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would ah. love to think this was pretend, but I've heard so many horror stories like this, especially as like a woman, that this is yes. probably real. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. Like people do weird fucking shit in D and D and or in role playing games in general, but people think because it's like a game and make believe they can. They can act like however they want. They take role playing yeah. to mean like role playing like you do with your partners or whatever, and it's yeah. just not the same. Okay, the book no. I was talking about. Yeah, Yo, you got it. Carlton Mellick the Third. That's the name of the. That's an that's, amazing name. That's the author, and he writes Super bizarre. Name. He writes. I think that's his actual name. Well, whatever it is, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Carlton Mellick the Third. Here are some of his books: <laughs> The Haunted Vagina, what? Satan Burger, Ape Shit. The Cannibals of Candyland, 
No, you know when what? Did, when stop. did he come out with Satan Burger? Because I feel like that might be a copyright infringement on our show. Although ours was a cheeseburger, no, but Satan long cheeseburger. T- long time ago. Oh, I really okay. don't want to give this guy any press. No, Let's he's not. fine. He's fine. Uh, clearly, um, he's making more money than we are. I, I'm tr- I'm looking for the kobold one. I knocked up Satan's All right. daughter. <laughs> I just I, I knocked up Satan's daughter. Yeah, I, I'm looking okay. for I'm looking for the kobold one because he wrote the kobold. There it is. The title of the book is. Come on. The Kobolds, Kobold Wizards Dildo of Enlightenment Plus Two, an adventure for three to six players, levels two through five. That's the title of the book. Is it a book or it's an adventure? It's a novel. Path? It's a novel that looks like a D&D novel. Oh, come on. He gets a book and I don't have a book out. <laughs> right? And then we just gave him a I'm lot of press. How many books? Now everybody's yeah. going to go look at the book and I guarantee a you... one? If one half percent of the people now go read that book. dildos and Fifty Shades of... Mm. Of kobolds in it. The ultra fuckers? Or vagina oh, right. or Moving on. Somebody geez. else read it. Hunger bug? Quick, stop him now before he gets even more per- free press. <laughs> Thank you so much for writing in an amazing yeah. horror story. Scotland. And I think, yeah, I mean, it sucks because sometimes, especially like when you, there's a, that's the only game you have. Uh, yeah, a little bit. That's the only game you have. You're a little bit like, all right, do I put up with this shit or do uh-huh. I. Not, and I applaud you. <laughs> I don't know any of the lyrics. That's okay. I applaud you for uh, finding a new group and for starting to GM yourself. So, They're clapping for GMing. Yeah, and mask is awesome. It is awesome. Yes. So, do you want to split this one up, Gina? It's in three yeah, parts. Yeah, there's like a bunch of parts. Okay. Yeah. Why not? It's Australia. Yeah. Why don't you do the first one, and then then we'll see. It's actually, okay. the first part's like about as long as the second and third parts first together. First part. Okay. Uh, good day, douche canoes. I can't do Australian. Sorry. Uh, Daniel from Australia, aka uh, Carrot and Stick on the forums, aka that guy who likes fate maybe too much. <laughs> Is there really such a thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Stork, yeah. Not true. <laughs> uh, I come before thee with yet another three-part missive. Uh, prepare yourself for part one by having a bottle of alcoholic beverage handy. Done. Prepared. We're, yeah. we're prepared. Cheers. Part right. the first. We've girded our loins. In which... <laughs> <laughs> without the help of I have no idea what that means but it's still an awesome or price. the guy with three names yeah. it needs to like cover yeah. your thighs gird okay. your loins okay. without a merkin gird your loins yeah or unless you want a merkin then you can have one because who am I, I don't, to say you I don't can't? want that I don't know stop because you were talking to stork and I don't want to think about stork and merkins continue does everyone know what a merkin is at, listening at home she said stop okay okay <laughs> <laughs> Google it. I yeah. dare you. Do it at work. Not you. You know what it is. I, I'm curious what it says. M A R K I N, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Merkins at the in, in at Fashion Week? What? Oh, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a legit. Yeah. But you said stop. I know, but now it's a thing, <laughs> and we've gotten down the rabbit hole. We're just going to yeah. continue with a it. Mer- god damn it. A Merkin is a pubic wig. Yes, it is a pubic Merkins wig. Merkins were originally originally worn by prostitutes after shaving their genitalia, and are now used. As decorative items, erotic devices, or in films by both men and women. Yeah, because it kept them from getting pubic lice if they didn't have actual hair, so they'd have fake hair down there. Also but known as the crabs, the crabs. with Z. Yes. <laughs> oh, but look what happens when you put a merkin up. 
you get some guy named Merkin. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> David wow. Merkin. Oh, no, I spelled it wrong. It's M E R K. But Google Fashion Week Merkins, because like one, I forget which designer yeah. it was. This like yep. this last like Fashion Week. Like did the everything, and they all had merkins that they were wearing. That's not no, that you can see it. They walk down the fucking runway in like couture with a merkin, <laughs> and you're just like, uh, as a historical costumer, I don't know what the fuck to think about I that. Think I we don't. Should be designers, and we should just look up. Oh, it's goodbye, bushy merkin. Tired of working. Right? It's crazy. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. there they are. There there well, are, are people, no, see, ladies wearing Merkins. Totally be you know what, though? That tour. doesn't look like a Merkin. That looks like one of those those weird clip-on bikini things. Well, they're clip-ons, well, we yeah, but they're furry and yeah. like triangle-shaped over their hoo-ha. Is it really furry? Yeah. Let me zoom in and look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It has, yeah it's, it's, like, yeah. it's like a faux bush. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a stylized. We're not starting ribbon. early ever again. Okay, I know. this just gives us more time to drink and get out of control. I know we're gonna. The show's gonna still end at like ten o'clock. A merkin is essentially equipment for a ninja. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I stole that. Oh, really? That was Master Oh my god! Oh my god! That was awesome. Oh my god! A ninja. A ninja. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Fantastic. As an Australian, oh, I'm right, Australia, where the men are men and the sheep are nervous. Pride to see my country's peculiar brand of slang travel the world and be horribly misunderstood. <laughs> Australian slang tends to be context sensitive, which has resulted in some hilarious interpretations by the Jackers. A few clarifications. I'm I'm very interested in this because I watch a lot of Australian television. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does well, the C word come up? Oh yeah. Are they oh, mostly yeah. prison shows? No. <laughs> Sorry. No, there Sorry. is one though. But that's you know, I tried to get into Australia, and they said, "Do you have a record?" And I said, "I didn't know I needed one to get in." Here. <laughs> oh, seventeenth-century jokes. Eighteenth. Oh, no, no, I have century. watched a shitey uh, sort of. Uh, it's called Banished, and I haven't. I have only been. The only show I watched because my daughter was watching it through. was H two O. Just Add Water. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> loved the, I loved all of them. <laughs> There's a sequel. There's a, and a couple of movies. Uh, she did not like the sequel, so we didn't watch. Interesting. The you Mac- should. McLeod's Daughters was my entry level drug, but now I watch a lot Man of other Snowy stuff. River. Mm, no. Man from Snowy River. Man from River. Merkin. <laughs> Ninja. Um, well, you are indeed correct that necking is a. It's called pashing. It's past. Well, n- necking is also a, 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 an American English slang. Yeah, it is. is an in, is a form of intense kissing that often results in hickeys, hence the term to neck. A bottle is n- is not to tongue kiss it. Oh, necking a bottle. Okay. Oh, to neck a bottle is not to tongue kiss it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And if you neck a can, you're going to get cut. I'm demonstrating it what means it means. Go ahead. To grasp a bottle, usually of alcohol, by the top of the neck. Almost with the same hand shape that one would grip a pen oh, or a pencil different. with. That is not there right. you go. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That's so like with one finger. Got it. Your, your, your mic's on. Because they're oh. fancy lads. Um, and to uh, raise the bottle to your lips, swinging the right. weight of the bottle upwards. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. So like fa- like Jack Sparrowy. Like yeah. yeah. Well, and also swirling the bottle swirling. Uh, yeah. makes it empty faster. Did you know that? No. Yes, that's well, the Australians do. That's actually something. You're down under. Or? The, no. Okay. It's science. Yes. Yes. I didn't know. I, I actually learned this from a oh, scientist, what? from 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 a, a a chemist who used to be mm-hmm. in the band, 
And when we were homebrewing, we were cleaning out bottles, rinsing the bottles mm-hmm. out, filling them with sanitizer and cleaning them. He's like, yeah. oh, just swirl it a little bit and the stuff will like shoot out. And no shit, you take a full bottle, like a beer bottle, yeah. And when it's full, you turn it upside down and go like this, and just kind of give it a little spin, a little well, bit. The air up, and all of a sudden, whoosh! The, w- the water comes out like almost instantly. Nice. It's amazing. Yes. There's a, there's a gif online right now, or a meme online, right? Where you could take like a jar full of six out of dice, and you spin it around, and they settle, like, and make a wall, and they all settle down on their flat sides. Really? Yeah. Wow. On their Plus, flat sides. It looks cool as shit. As opposed to their pointy sides. The, yeah. the necking. On the if bottle. you assume it has. Cool. It's only six out of dice. Let's say plus. <laughs> let's say plus six. At fourteen. Fourteen. If you assume it has fourteen sides, mm-hmm. then there's only six flat sides. On a six-sided die. If it could land on its corner. I know, but I'm, Stork and I are com- sympathetic okay. right now. We're, no, we're, we're thinking no, we're with not. the same brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Don't, don't I love that you did all that math <laughs> to tell me that there's six flat flat sides on a six sided die. Don't let me in with your murky there's fantasies. There's six flat I'm, sides I'm over here, and there's eight pointy sides. Oh God, <laughs> there are. No, I know. <laughs> it's just that it never lands on the pointy sides unless you have you know crappy dice. Or you're me. It could. <laughs> Moving on, then. Please, that would please, make me convinced that you Gina, that you have. Gina, wow. please, yeah, no. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. My, continue. My country-raised father-in-law, he grew up on a cattle farm, suggests that the motion should be to grab the neck in one's fist, or simply refer to drinking from a bottle as opposed to a schooner, tankard, or glass. You want a glass, mate? Now, nah. nah, I'll neck it. Oh, okay, I got it. I'm a city slicker, huh. so that may be where the disparity arises. City it's slicker. A, it's a big country. damn right. country. It's it a is. country that's so big it's a continent. It is. Yeah. It's massive. It is. Not incontinent. No. A continent. You know, and I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna <laughs> say this as an Australian. Oh they God. do put the continent country. <laughs> they do. Hey. Uh the term bugger lugs does indeed mean to have broken ears. However, when researching the team uh, the term buggered, you seem to have mm-hmm. interpreted the slang term a bit literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. To have, well, because buggered is a British mm-hmm. thing too. Right. Mm-hmm. So to have buggered lugs does when, not when, mean. When two British sailors love each other very much. Well, no, no. <laughs> yeah. he, he actually goes on to explain it in great detail right here. Right, yeah, there's it. bloody buggery. No, no, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> you seem to have interpreted blah, blah, blah. to have buggered lugs. Does not mean to put one's penis in a child's ear. We never assumed that. No. Well, literally, no. We I talked don't think about so. that. Oh. Well, literally, fucked in quotes and buggered are indeed explicit references to coitus. It is a quirk of Aussie slang that almost any term referring to sex also means broken. I oh. let's pause here for a that's, moment of silence because that's that. That uh, may also be the case here. This is totally fucked. Wow, that's... Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. Wow, yeah. Fucked, buggered, uh, rooted, and screwed all mean broken. Oh, yeah, we use screwed, too. Oh, man, wrecked. we're screwed. Well, Not rooted. Repair. Not rooted. Wrecked. We use wrecked. That's a puritanical bullshit. Yeah. I call... Well, yeah. On words. Yeah. Sorry, words. That's wrong. Mm. However, as above with Aussie slang being contextual, each of these words has a contextual meaning as well. To be fucked or screwed means to be in trouble or to be rooted or once again as my father-in-law to be Ted from Rue country country, means to be tired or exhausted 
And to be buggered is to be confused, stumped, or astounded. Well, bugger me, that's amazing. Oddly, to not be buggered means the same. Buggered if I know. I hope this does precisely nothing to clarify (laughs) matters and pray that the rabbit hole of dad joke-worthy slang that is Australian rhyming slang reaches your podcast soon. Also, if you are still curious about the peculiarities of Australian slang, the book from the mid-60s, Let's Let's Talk Strang. Uh, I'll wait for you to verbally parse Stoop. that. Stoop. Let's talk strang. Let's talk strang. Let's talk You and I, you and I need to get together and we're going to write a song called Australian Rhyming Slang. Ooh. Okay. And when Stork awesome. sings it, he's going to sing sound uh, German. Uh, so that's going to be it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually still available on Amazon and still unmatched. Three days ago, I saw that it all, all that time. And okay. Let's more. talk strang. There's more. Let's talk string. Strang. 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 Yeah. Maybe we should like start a, a portion of this show that's oh, like I like this. slang from uh, different parts of the world. Yeah, and we just make up what we think it is. This is drunk talk. They do that on a, oh. on a hockey thing. Let's talk slang. Let's talk slang. They will. They show a word, and you're supposed to say if it's Finnish or German or made up or something like that, and it's kind of fascinating. Because well, no. they also have a rhyming slang. So do the Cockney English. And it's mm-hmm. up the apples and pears, which means yeah. you know, going up the going up the stairs. China. And they have all of these rhymes that right. that you. Only know if you're from mm-hmm. there. Oh, and a criminal. And a criminal. <laughs> no, <laughs> Isn't not, that how that? Not, that's how Australia started. I mean, East really. No, I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about. I'm talking about Cockney yeah. rhyming slang. Wasn't that originally to so you could? I think people so. would not know what you're talking yes. about. Yes. That is my understanding. Up the apples yeah, and pears. I have a lot of uh, criminal very friends. suspicious of foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're French. Right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. <laughs> well played. Yes, well played. Well done. Well done. <laughs> um, okay. Who's next? Uh, part the second. Oh, are you going to say something else? No, go ahead. Okay. A success story of balancing Dos Ex, dos ex, deus. Ma- deus deus ex Machina. Ex machina. Oh, my God. You guys have to decide how I say it. You deus say, Ex yeah. Machina. Okay. It's yeah, I know that part. Phrases. Deus Ex. I've always heard it Machina. Machina? Machina, Machina. Okay. You say Machina, I, I say, say Machina. Machina. Let's call <laughs> the whole thing, thing off. off. Okay. <laughs> With agency and player trust. I thought I would share a double success story from my recent Mage the Awakening game centered around three American Ooh. town teenagers Jealous. who awakened to their magic without guidance. Awesome. No Love pentacle, yeah. no seers. Love this. Just three teenagers set loose with read slash write across the universe. <laughs> what could go wrong? I love I love the... Well, uh, this yeah. is like your advice earlier about like take out the, the yeah. advice givers yep. and the quest givers. I love, I love the, the Linux permissions. Yes. Uh, all the power ever. Go. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. everything, but that's kind of the point. I was blessed with wonderful players who played the roles to a hilt. We had a cheerleader, and Canthus, a football linebacker, a Remos. I'm saying, I think these are classes from mm-hmm. Mage the Awakening. I haven't played it. So, And then the 90s high school movie archetypal outcast, sort of the morose. To continue the chase, poor cheerleader was being pursued around her house by a particularly nasty Nosferatu. Yes, I mix my old and new world of darkness. Don't hurt me, please, purists. <laughs> Who had decided she needed to die. Very much not capable of handling the thing on her own, she quickly called her friends, who, having no space mage among them, promptly hopped on the footballer truck to speed off. Anne tried to hold the creature at bay. 
Enter vampire love interest because yes, the magical blonde cheerleader had a vampire love interest. It was too hilariously cliche for us <laughs> to pass up. Aww. Who bursts in a celerity enhanced blur and tackles the Nosferatu. Now, this entire time, the guys are pestering me with questions about how far from the cheerleader's home they are and when they can arrive, because aside from wanting to help their friend, they, in the panic they, uh, panic call, she forgot to specify which vampire was attacking, and the boys were naturally suspicious, suspicious of the natural, supernaturally handsome vampire who their attractive blonde friend was crushing on. I keep deferring to their request. Oh, no. I keep referring to their request for specificity and time frame with a smile and a not, Not yet. <laughs> this will be important shortly. So, first success. The balancing act. Vampire boyfriend struggles with the Nos for a moment, <laughs> demolishing a swath of the living room before the two finally come to a stop. Vampire boyfriend. I love that's his name. Vampire boyfriend. I know! Vampire boyfriend. It's even capitalized as that, his name. That's a title for a song, too. Vampire, Vampire boyfriend. boyfriend. 100%. Next or, time I run an a, a, oh. a, a Old World of Darkness yes. game. Yes. Yes. Vampire boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> run it for the wives. <laughs> Vampire, oh, vampire Boyfriend has a blade poised at the Nosferatu's throat and the Nos hand gripping his wrist to hold the blade at bay. The exact same situation oh but God. reversed was also occurring with Vampire Boyfriend struggling to keep the Nosferatu's protean claws from his throat. Oh my God, what's going to happen? I described them stuck, tense as wires, locked and immobile before turning to the cheerleader's player and saying, Ten, nine, eight... A look of satisfying panic crossed her face, followed by desperate character sheet grabbing and rule book flipping. As in Canthus, vampires were uh, were a particular threat to her because her magic focused on helping the living, and vampires are a gray area. They're not a gray area. They're They're a black area. (laughs) I don't know if that's a... I was counting quite slowly, but we got to three before she blurted out a spell that would work to tip the scales. She rolled and scraped a success. The buffed vampire boyfriend. The buffed vampire boyfriend's strength. Uh, uh, buffed b- vampire boyfriend's strength enough to pr- uh, push through the Nos's resistance and almost decapitate it. But the spring tense ball of murderous vampire un- unwound, and the protean claws oh. got him too. Not as bad, but enough to leave him dramatically bleeding out on the living room floor. Uh-oh. The group had seen him heal, seen him heal before, so a cheerleader knelt next to him and offered her wrist. Oops. Second success. I turned to the guys and said, "Okay, now you arrive." <laughs> what? Oh my <laughs> The look of glee that crossed their faces as they realized I had taken their moment of predictable heroics and turned it into a moment, a moment of. Uh, utter awkward drama was just as rewarding as the look of panic and they decided to jump through the living room window, improvise magical implements in hand to see a vampire they didn't like uh, dead and freaky looking and the other vampire they didn't like eating their friends. That's right. Good on them for not metagaming. Right. (laughs) Right. Cue a loud and awkward conversation over vampire boyfriend's prone form as he desperately tried to knit his throat together and get a word 
Brandon edgewise before the hormonal, territorial, and possessive teenage boys decided to off him over the cheerleaders' vocal protests. This is almost a monster. Well, obviously, obviously, she's been ghouled. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Oh my god, amazing. And that's one of those situations where it's like metagaming would be less fun. Oh, absolutely. Than playing it like you see it. Footnote: Just three teenagers set loose. With read right access and, and, to the universe. And to yeah. our first letter writer here, uh, um, uh, William guy. from Minnesota. William. Yeah, take notes yeah. from this, this letter. Yeah, here. This is how you do it. <laughs> it was, suffice to say, a very rewarding session, and everyone went home happy. The group is very trusting that I only take their agency away when I'm t- taking them somewhere interesting and fun. And my players have, over the course of two years or so, suffered a few kidnappings, leg shootings, <laughs> taserings, and the like in the faith that I won't use my powers for evil. It's a wonderful thing. I have that trust in Stu. I, I figured Stu's going to taser me. Something something interesting Important. is, right. is going yes. to follow. Alright. Okay. I, I can do the rest. Or, oh, no, it's I'll do it. Okay, good. Part the third... Compersion in gaming. I think it's supposed to be comparison. No, it's compersion. What's compersion? Speaking of word definitions, <laughs> here's one that not many people know. <laughs> compersion. <laughs> Consider it the opposite of schadenfreude. <laughs> to experience joy at the suffering of others, compersion is to experience joy at the happiness of others. I was mm. listening to Fear the Boot, and we're, I'm working right now, sometime in May, we're going to do another crossover. Woohoo! I, nice. I got an email from cool. Dan today. Um, well, thank you for the listeners who kind of gave him a little push. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I'm a dirty two-timing trader moving on. Well, this is a poly show. Yeah, so we're fine. fine. Uh, <laughs> we don't judge. We're all fine here. We're all informed and How we have you? our consent, so it's fine. Yeah, we, we're, we have an open relationship with our listeners. Especially with Fear the Boot. <laughs> <laughs> we don't fear it as much as some people. Sometimes we savor the boot. We like the boot. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the hosts described playing a Nazi for a World War II game. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it was a one-shot. But as the host described the experience, it became clear that his enjoyment of playing the character was from being a foil, mm. but not in the way that he used it as an excuse to antagonize the other players, but to carefully and collaboratively explore, provide excuses for the other players to have their characters hate this character. That is a very. That's that. That's uh, what do I what do I call those people? Uh, a very generous actor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John Breen in our band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you improvise with that man, mm-hmm. he's going to. Anyone who improvises with him is going to look like they're a genius. Yeah, Johnny Carson uh, was a was a great uh, host that way. He would he would always set his his guests up to look good. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Even at his own expense, right? He would set them up and he, he would toss them lines. And everybody that <coughs> Carson loved being there because they always came out looking great. Mm-hmm. Right, and it was a gift that he was able to do that. What do you, the fine happy jackers, feel about compersion at the gaming table? I feel that it's very important to take joy in the table's success and other characters' stories as well as your own, and to actively foster those moments. I feel it can be easy to get lost in your own character's story until the com- until the compersion is lost. Your thoughts? Thank you again uh, for all you do for the hobby. May your beer be tasty, your dice roll true. Uh, sorry. <coughs> sorry, Canada. <laughs> I, I burped and then I breathed in and it was like I know carbon you're dioxide. dead. You're just you're full of the juices. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. 
was a total poignant moment too, and it was just like such a happy Jack's thing. Yeah. And if the if the ladies are present, your Not cosplay anymore. always fit perfectly first try. That'd be oh, nice. that'd be nice. Uh, drink. Drink. Or if we're holding to the Aussie slang, oh, no. swig. Oh, I'm gonna neck the bottle. Can you neck the can? I'm gonna neck the bottle. Daniel from Australia. Sorry. I think this is sorry, I'm sorry. That was my New Zealand accent. Yes. Yeah. Daniel from Australia. <laughs> I want to be Daniel's friend. Australia's louder he than is New our Zealand. Friend. Super awesome. <laughs> you just shout New Zealand louder and it's yeah. Yeah. No, there's an I thing going on for E's in the New Zealand. Like, oh god. Deck is thick. Time for band meeting. And Kiwi. I just I just go to the, the, the manager from uh, Flight of the Concords. Oh, well, yeah. all of the flight. Brit, Brit, Brit <laughs> instead of Brett. Right. Yeah. Brit. And Deku, Dickers. Well, it turns, out, it turns out now, it, it turns out your vowels are the key to pretty much any accent or the vowels. Yeah. How they're treated. Yeah. Because there's uh-huh. a plethora of way to, to pronounce every vowel. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say that, yeah. <laughs> that, that this particular last paragraph actually could be a topic mm. in and of itself. Cause it can. I can see a lot of yeah. that discussion going on here and I think that we have been guilty of um, not making the compersion I think that we've been guilty of playing our own characters to the to the detriment of compersion if I'm using the word no. correctly not in the last L5R so. game no, no. but I, no not 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 well we have been guilty I think I think in mode of sin there's been a lot of uh People being self-centered and people. Well, no. I think that's being, a bad example, though, because you're supposed be. to be in yes. vampire. But that the system's designed to be that way. I I I love it when I, taking conversion out, maybe maybe substituting another word because it's it's something that conversion I think is, is similar. specifically the it word is, that he it wants. It is. Though. It is. But let, let yeah, me we all learned what it means. I did. I know it's fascinating. But I think that I enjoy a feedback loop when I get a game mm-hmm. going where the players are enjoying the game. Once the players enjoy a game, I enjoy the game, and that to well, me see, I, I can incorporate compersion. But I think that w- we're always doing this, mm-hmm. especially as stage performers. Yeah. If the audience is enjoying the show and they're laughing and they're applauding, it fills you with energy. Your show becomes bigger and brighter, right. and it's yeah, exactly. I think. I mean, I think this is. That's the feedback loop I'm talking about. This it this is what we do, and, and this is why we do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, really. I, we came up with a, a couple. Uh, the the episode I hosted a few weeks we ago. We didn't know what the word was. Yeah, there was this an actual term for it. We came up uh, we with the the term spotlight adjacence. Right. For a game, and that uh, that was a couple weeks ago, and I think that's exactly what this is. Like you can enjoy having someone else be in the spotlight and support them. And I think that's exactly what you're describing too, with like that feedback loop of you it's can throw attention to somebody else on stage or in the game, yep. and still like feed off of that energy and still have a great time playing it's off the, of that. It's the Abbott to the Costello. Yeah, yes. it's the playing well, the straight man to set somebody up, sort not of. Necessarily though. No, you can also the be the def- Costello. The definition is literally enjoying watching the joy of other people. Yeah, what right. he's talking about is actually a step beyond this. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What he is talking about is basically being the perfect straight man. Yeah, yeah. He is talking about being the foil. No, that's what I. Be, okay, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. Com- compar- I'm, I'm looking at the definition yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of compersion. The feeling of joy one experiences at another's joy. Yeah. Yep. This is more than that. This is saying to the well detriment. I'm 
air quoting, of my character, I'm going to give your character an opportunity to hate my dude an enormous oh. amount, and I'm going to enjoy the fact that your your, your character has the opportunity oh. to you know go out and do this heroic thing against my Nazi world. I didn't Nazi. even think it had to do with this, so that's an important distinction. He's actually he's actually going above and beyond what. what yeah. Right, but I thought it is. would even be like being the Jimmy Olsen to Superman, like being the setup yeah. person. But you're saying it's actually being someone in that this example loathed. Or that's it, not both of those are exactly yeah. Coercion yeah. means yes, Jimmy Olsen, like it, like yeah. being happy. Somebody to else set is up happy. Somebody else to be heroic, or just being happy. They're happy. Like okay. like or if someone gets engaged, getting, being getting, happy that they're engaged mm-hmm. and that they're happy about it. It it's 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 being a selfless role player. Yeah, that's what what he's talking about, and th- and that is I'm my, I I've made a character who's more of a foil character, mm-hmm. the thief in the D and D party. Yeah. Imagine if this would ever happen. A thief in a D&D party intentionally fumbles a role mm-hmm. so that the paladin sees him stealing something. Mm. So the paladin can grab him by the ear and take him out and give him a lecture about morality and things like that. So the paladin is totally scratching the paladin itch. Mm-hmm. Okay. At, at, at the, to the detriment of the rogue's character. Detriment in quotes. Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing so I was the thinking- players themselves are absolutely engaging in this compersion thing. If okay. that's a real word, which I looked it up and it is. Yeah. But <laughs> in <laughs> in reverse Schadenfreude. I never knew that word. <clears throat> I prefer to I, say reverse Schadenfreude because yeah. I look at the world that's slightly Schaden- more negative than, yeah. than and this. And the Germans have the best words. <laughs> but but I mean the, the, that is the, the point of the character doing that self, the, the player doing that selfless thing mm-hmm. with their character is to give the opportunity for another character to shine and do what it is they do. Yeah, the best example of this uh, is honestly wrestling. Wrestling, uh, professional wrestling, wrestling. yeah, not not, like actual Olympic wrestling, but like Greco Roman, yeah, no, 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 not that, (laughs) no, like, like glow and like WWF and that stuff. Like, they have like the you know, and I've been learning a lot about this because our listeners are super into this actually, and we talk about it a lot in Discord. But, uh, like, there's characters, um, if you watch Glow, you totally get the point. Like, they choose and they play the evil character and they realize they're not going to win a lot. But they make like the the good characters like when they win like the audience is so much more excited and and be super evil and super, super bad yeah. so that the, so they end up, so they end up raising up the the good character yep. on the on H- H- even Hogan. higher pedestal. Hulk exactly. making a whole second career out of be out of turning yeah. the villain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The dark beard and everything, and, and he did a great job at it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And so, got a whole another like five six years out of it. Way better at that than porn. <laughs> I'm gonna take your word for that. Can take your word for that. You ever seen the video? No. No. Why, why, no. Why, no. Only you, Stu. No. Don't want to. You not see doing it. that. Like you see I don't want to. No, I saw his old reality, like his reality show. I, I don't know. I wouldn't I watch see. reality yeah. shows. I'd admit to watching porn, but I would not admit to watching reality <laughs> I shows. I love reality shows. <laughs> I watch porn That's too, but I also love like reality shows. That's all. Um, but we yeah, just no, don't watch I think reality porn. <laughs> Yeah, is that, that a genre? Is that a thing? Yeah, it's it's called <laughs> no. no, it's a website. It's it's called make there's love. There's a word for it. It's called no, conversation. It, it's not. It's called make love not porn. It's actually a whole movement and a website that's I swear to god, it's a thing about like making realistic porn that isn't like 
completely uh, uh, setting up. So it's full of a lot of like awkward fumbling and apologies, and yeah. then all of, Brian all of the, the, the uncomfortable positions. So the camera gets well, to see what the it's camera about. Not saying. objectifying <laughs> women. It's an, it's oh, about right, making right. porn that isn't just a, that's not women faking orgasm. Like it's so that people can actually because we have a problem right now in this country of like porn is the number one sex education that we have. So people watch porn and think that that's what it's supposed to be all the time. And it's not. And it's usually what you see in porn is not super pleasant. So <laughs> if you can tell this is something that I've like talked about a lot and I think about it. I've like had big conversations on the internet. Anyway, make love not porn. And it has super hot stuff that's realistic and not like fake and staged. I, anyway. think I, I, think I gotta go home. Yeah, <laughs> this is getting... <laughs> Well, at least we started early. This yes. is good advice. It is. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just. Uh... All right. Yeah. Thank you very much, Daniel in Australia, for your, <laughs> your email. And <laughs> the rabbit hole led down. Yeah. God, what a rabbit hole! All of them. The many yes. rabbit holes. But a great email. What, what, what are you doing? It started with Merkins and it went downhill from. Oh uh, no, no! It started way before that. <laughs> way before it that. Started, it, it started. It started when the we pothic dark. Is it what started it an hour before the show when you said, "You want a beer?" Yeah. 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 <laughs> sure. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? All right. All right. Happy decks and beer. Ending then. All right. We can totally end. Thank you for joining us for season 21, episode 13 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Kimmy. Hey. I'm sorry to say something? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and... Thank you for joining us, and yeah. we'll see you next week, Friday p.m. We got yeah. um, what should we, we call it? A bunch it? of stuff. Check out Happy Jack's Orbs uh, schedule. Bunch of stuff. Yep. And thank you very much. Also and we'll stuff. leave you with a song. I you know I don't know how much longer I can leave people with songs because it's starting to become problematic. Yeah. With the rights thing. That's a whole other well, discussion. Tune later. We'll figure that out. It'll be fine. <laughs> There are heroes in the Bible that many think are great. There's Samson, David, and Noah, and there's others touched by fate. But there's one man in the Bible whose story makes me sigh. He's Onan, and he's my hero. And let me tell you why. Well, God, he said to Onan, you need to have a son. There are many Jews I talk to, but you're my favorite one. So Onan picked his wife up on the bed, he laid her down. But instead of giving her his seed, he spilt it on the ground. Onan, my God, that man was great. Onan, he loved to masturbate. His name was Onan. That man, he was a jewel. Onan, he tended to his tool. Well, God, he said to Onan, you need to build an ark. There is too much sinning in this world, it needs a brand new start. But Onan stopped his building when it began to rain. He said, screw this whole boat building, I'll go home and put my chain. Onan, my God, that man was great. Onan, he loved to masturbate. His name was Onan, that man he was.
was a jewel Oh, and he tended to his tool Well, God, he said to Onan You need to free the Jews So go and tell old Pharaoh That it's my will he must choose But when Onan met the Pharaoh He ignored what Yahweh said And pulled out the wrong staff And chose to free his seed instead Onan, my God, that man was great Onan, he loved to masturbate His name was Onan That man, he was a jewel Onan, he tended to his tool Well, God, he said to Onan I'll give you one more try There's a big man named Goliath And I think he needs to die When Onan saw Goliath These are the words he spoke I think I'll be the meat retreat And my chicken I will choke Oh yeah Onan, my God, that man was great Onan, he loved to masturbate His name was Onan That man, he was a jewel Onan, he tended to his tool Onan, Onan, in a rut Watch him whilst he busts a nut Onan, my God, that man was great Onan, he loved to masturbate His name was Onan That man, he was a jewel Onan, he tended to his tool One stroke up, one stroke down Come like Onan on the ground Onan, my God, that man was great Onan, he loved to masturbate His name was Onan That man, he was a jewel The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.